Happy New Year, everyone. We may be in 2023, but New Year certainly did not bring a new Swindon. As a completely inept uh, word used by some of the panellists in the WhatsApp chat, embarrassing, pathetic, um, and, uh, well, a lot more strong choice ones, which I'm sure you're going to hear tonight. Um, we have got balance, though, as we also are joined by friend of the podcast side to offer a Colchester perspective. A large panel all want to have their say this evening and feel free. Uh, we, we love it when you get involved, obviously, in the live chat as well. I'm sure you have plenty to get off your chest. Uh, so join in the discussion. But before we say hello and good evening to everybody, let's roll the titles. Take my hands, take my whole life too. But I can't help falling in love with you. By welcoming the man back uh, to the podcast, I believe he was our first ever guest, uh, opposition guest, uh, back in the early days of Fools Rushing. We're delighted to welcome him back. Good evening, Sai. How are you, pal? Yeah, good evening. Thank you for having me on. I'm glad we agreed this before the game. See tonight, <laughs> to come on again. <laughs> we, yes, we certainly did. And it was, a, it was a nice touch of you to check with me afterwards that you'd still be allowed on. Um, I presume, uh, obviously, we'll talk about the game in a bit, but I presume you were very happy with the result in the end. Oh, definitely. We'll take anything. The way it's going at the moment, we'll take any points from wherever we get them. And to be fair, it's one of those weird games where... You couldn't really split who was where in the league. Obviously, you guys have been quite high up. Um, yeah, so hopefully for us, it's a bit of a corner turned. Strong January, bring some players in and, yeah, hopefully we kick them up the league. It'll be in a more positive position next time we speak. And did you have a nice Christmas and New Year? Yeah, it was good, thank you. Yeah, it's nice and quiet with the family. Obviously, good. for me, I've always very much that Christmas is one of those days you have to get through to get to Boxing Day. But it's all about, <laughs> obviously, the traditional fixtures. No, absolutely. absolutely. Well, I look forward to you bringing that balance and that positivity to what I, I'm almost certain is going to be a fairly negative, <laughs> negative episode. Um, someone else I'm absolutely delighted to welcome back. He's been he's been uh, missing. He's been doing late fitness tests and everything, but he's back. And it is Mark. Good evening, buddy. Good evening, Fifey. How are you doing, sir? Good evening, sir. I'm absolutely evening. delighted because you're back. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. I'm delighted to be here. And I just want to start with positivity and say Happy New Year to you both. Thank you very much. And to you and the family. Um, next up, uh, good evening, Joe, who uh, just flashed up the message there. I've been waiting for this show, says Joe. Uh, next up, we've got the artist formerly known as Rich. Good evening, Matt. <laughs> that sounds so fucking weird. <laughs> It sounded worse when it came from Ben. Um, um, yeah, happy new year, boys. Yeah, um, yeah, all good, thanks. Take it in, everyone. This is about as, the intros is about as smiley as this is going to get. Rich looks so happy. What right now? Wait till his first question. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> all right, too, boys. Uh, next, let us say hello and good evening to the man that embodies positivity for the pod. Good evening, Craig. I, I knew you was talking about me then, mate. Crikey. I mean, <laughs> considering I'm the person who's normally the negative, more sort of contrary to, to the rest of the panel, um, I don't know what I'm going to do here if this is going to be an entirely negative panel. I'm, I'm 
bloody might as well not even bother. <laughs> you, you, you think the negativity is your niche, do you, pal? It, it should be, yeah. I feel a bit, um, you know, I feel a bit undermined, to be honest. But I'll tell you how bad it is. I've, I've actually made notes, right? And um, <laughs> we don't have, do prep on this. The last last time I made notes was during the dying days of John Sheridan. So that's that's how fucking bad it's got. So, wow. Yeah. Me. It's going to be Dear. interesting, I think. Um, this looks very good in kind of Olympic setup, but we have more panelists that want to have their say. Um, we have someone who is, um, what's the right turn of phrase? He he's warmed himself up with uh, with a nice drink or two beforehand. Good evening, Woody. <laughs> Good evening. Not that many drinks. I've wanted one at the pub. Um, Just one was it? I'm, I will try to bring some ounce of positivity tonight, as long as we're not talking about Swindon Town Football Club. If um, only this wasn't a part about Swindon Town Football Club. I, I, I tell, I'll tell you how uh, positive I will be tonight. I also wrote notes, but halfway through them and tore them up. I was that pissed off at it. Um, so um, I've got no prep, and I'm bringing no positivity. So I'm going to apologise to all my loving fans in advance. <laughs> your, your loving fans. Just before I introduce the rest of what, can anyone hear a weird sort of yep. background noise coming yeah. through? Yeah. And, and does anyone know? It's just weird That's how angry I am. Mike said Craig is going to be the cheerful one tonight, except for Sai, who's bound to enjoy this. Yeah, normally when when guests are on, and to be fair to Sai, he is one who, who sticks out for the for the distance of the episode. We normally say once they've had their bit, they're more than welcome to leave. I think Sai's just going to sit and listen to every single bit of this with a smile on his face. That's for sure. Well, to be um, fair, I've been quite often, often been the positive one about Swindon. All you guys have been so maybe I can do this tonight again. <laughs> Woody has been to Ned's Barbers. And even that fucked it up. <laughs> it's overall positive it, day. Sting at your airport uh, or your earphones, Woody. Fucking up. All right, I'll sort them out. Thanks, mate. Uh, we have two more panellists yet uh, before we get into the conversation. But before we do, Rob's been in touch already on Twitter. Thank you, Rob. Uh, Craig's got the notes out. This is going to be fucking amazing. <laughs> I think I've overplayed it a bit there. It's not going to be that amazing. <laughs> but thanks, Rob. <laughs> uh, next, uh, I hope he keeps it on while uh, while I introduce him because in the lobby with a massive smile on his face. Good evening, Ned. How are you, pal? You're mute. You're muted, Ned. Oh, that's the only positives that I was going to say. <laughs> just when I was on mute. So uh, there we go. <laughs> oh Jesus, yeah. Um, I'm not sure how long this smile is going to be on for. Um, I've got a feeling it's going to disappear in about a minute and a half's time. <laughs> uh, Mark's asking, does Scott Lindsay own the barbers, Woody? <laughs> 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 uh, last but certainly not least, uh, and, and we may yet be joined by more panellists throughout the night. Believe me, everyone wanted to have their say this evening, but we're delighted to say hello to Nick. Yeah. <coughs> Hi, Fifey. How you doing? I'm very well, pal. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Um, Sai so said he thinks that um, they've turned the corner. We've turned that many fucking corners. We're going around in circles. So uh, we'll see where we end up at the end of the night. 
Well, it's uh, it's it's certainly going to be an interesting discussion with you guys. That's sure. If our if our WhatsApp chat was anything to go by in the last twenty four hours, this could be very entertaining uh, for me asking the questions of Sai just sitting and listening. Um, let's uh, let's get straight into it then, uh, and and we will invite the guest to to have his say first. Um, one nil win. You, you always said you were happy with the result. What did you make of Colchester's performance? Yeah, to be fair, I thought we put in quite a positive professional performance. We had the first 25 minutes where it was very much attack from you guys versus defence from us. And to be brutally honest, in the stands, we always resigned the fact you guys were going to score eventually. If not by luck, if by judgment, whatever, however it was going to go in, the ball was going to go in. And there's a stoppage in play 24 minutes in. Both managers got to have a chat to their teams. And Bloomford obviously said, a, something of footballing sense and Lindsay must have pissed off down the pub or something because <laughs> after, from 25 minutes onwards we were all, yeah attacking wing backs pushed higher causing threats and you guys just seem to well turn into prime Colchester really we all went sort of downhill from there um, yeah I would like to say I'm your goalkeeper we really did keep you in mate. he made some gleaming saves we could be in sort of four or five up so I know Hyde made some decent saves for us but yeah, if you had to pick a man in the match out of the 22 players on that pitch, your goalkeeper would have got it. He was just absolutely outstanding. Um, I'm not sure if that's just because everyone else was that bad, he stood out, or if he generally is that that good. He seems, we've obviously seen Swindon for a couple of seasons now. It's seen where you are in the lead. Just, it looked like the wrong team had turned up. If you were to sit there and go, right, okay, one team's sixth in the league, one team's quite a relegation you're going to pick, and I'm not just being biased at Colchester. You probably would have picked the other way around, how you guys are playing. It, it's, a, it's a shame to see as well, because see, Swindon's always been a club with good premiership standards and stuff like that coming down. But, yeah, just I've seen some Sunday league teams turn up and play you know, better football at times than what you guys had it. And it's hard to put a finger on it because the players you've got are good enough. You know, I've been saying what Coach has been saying this season. We've got a good enough squad. We should be playing better. We should be playing better. But it just seems that they're just being, they're not even being led. They've just been sitting out there without, yeah, going lads. Who's the first 11 turns out? Right, you're on the pitch. Off you go. Enjoy yourselves. It's the ball. So, yeah, I think your problem is your management side of life and how your players have been utilised. I mean, in our conversation uh, yesterday, we both agreed it wasn't going to be a game that that lived long in the memory. But pretty much what you said there summed up our conversation. You, you were suggesting that all Swindon need to improve is a manager that understands tactics. Was the sentence you yeah. sent to me? Yeah, pretty much. Like, you know, we, we had Hayley Mullins. I wouldn't wish him on anybody. And it just seems you've managed to find his twin brother somehow. <laughs> <laughs> just... I, I used to coach with his half-brother. And he was uh, questionable <laughs> at times with some of his tactics as well. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where obviously when it's your team getting the points, it's fantastic. But then there is an element of knowing you guys and also coming on here, you're like, oh, gosh, he's, it's not fair enough, fans, is that you've somehow that idiot's managed to make it into professional football. And obviously, I'm sure I was going to say this before Ben comes on, because I obviously Ben would be leaping to his defence and be very much on side with who he wants to be managing your side. But, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I think if you're also, if you're not careful, because teams around you will start picking up points and also games in hand they've got, it could be a very slippery slope for the second half of the season. Poor guys. I don't think you're in danger of going down or anything, but it could, you know, that playoffs could come a bit of a distant memory come March, April time. 
Uh, well, obviously, we invite you to jump in if at any point you don't feel we're giving Colchester the credit they deserve uh, during the various topic choices that we've got tonight. The one thing I would say, uh, and, I, and I'd said it to these guys, is the young lad, and, and forgive me, I, I, can't remember, I, I can't remember his name, the young lad that you started with up top um, yesterday and played for about an hour or so. Tavide, uh, number, number 34, yes. 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 Samson Tavide. Uh, the one that came off for a kinde. Uh, yeah. I, I said to these guys, I said, with having absolutely zero service of any quality, he looks better than every forward we've got. To be fair to him, he's kind of he's been in and around the squad for a while. He's more get more game time under Bloomfield. Normally, play him and Akindi together. There's a two up top. Akindi will do the sort of muscle where Samson will do the running around for him. Because John's played, we played obviously the last two games. You know. Getting three games in like seven days out of him is a little bit too much for his body, so hence why we started to be there up top in his own. But he's a sort of play, you know, you can put the pitch and we'll just run and run and run, just chase half lost causes. And yeah, it's definitely one for the future. Here's one that if we do stay up and we, he plays well for a season, we will probably end up losing in the summer. Okay. Um, Let's talk about our alternative then, Woody. Um, Saisha said about uh, run and run and run. Me and you were discussing yesterday Jeff Cott's running, um, and, and I described it as shuttle runs from halfway to the penalty area and back. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> to be honest, uh, I guess to quickly summarise, the first 35 minutes of that game, the only thing that was missing was the Benny Hill, Benny Hill theme tune, I think. It was shocking from both sides, to be honest, the first 35 minutes. Um, but yeah, Jeff Cott, you know, I wanted him to do so well. I was one of those that was, I was similar to Ben. I thought, this, you know, this is going to be a player that we needed. You know, we needed somebody who was going to come in and, you know, help the likes of Wakelin, you know, Adeloy at the time and, and things like that to kind of learn their trade, although he's only 22 himself. But I know... And I picked up on it straight away. I can't remember who said it in our chat, lads, because we were already pissed off yesterday. Um, but, the, um, um, but but people were saying like Jeff Cott's not getting the service. His runs were were non-existent. He didn't approach the he didn't approach the edge of the eighteen-yard box once for the first ten minutes. Um, he went missing for the majority of the time. And I would say the same about our, our front, front three. When you're playing a forward free uh, a forward free like that, the wingers the wing the redundant winger the one not being used becomes a forward. The idea is they could become a second striker, and we didn't have that. Nobody was nobody was encroaching the box, and and Jeff got you know for me, I don't know. I didn't know enough about it. I only ever saw his stats coming, but you know Plymouth. I think they said to us, you know, you, you're not going to get any running out of him now. Both Nick and I kind of thought, you know, for the first few games he was he was the complete opposite. He was an absolute workhorse. He was doing almost as much work as Wakelin, if I you know if anything. But that now it seems that someone said to him go out there and play like a striker the work the work rate's gone and you know i think sire how old are your center backs 37 and 32 you know yeah i, I was know about, he hasn't... about to say that you've got if you're if you're not running against those the three of our center backs we've got combined age about 174 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly so wrong. i'm just thinking he doesn't need to be the quickest quickest striker in the world you know to to be up against a 37 and a 30, well 32 maybe but definitely up against a 37 year old and I just I thought his movement was non-existent yesterday I thought I genuinely thought that yeah okay we didn't create a lot but strikers strikers don't just go into the area 
and then the ball gets delivered to them. They have to make runs. You teach you teach strikers all the time in football. You know, when you're doing your coaching sessions, Rich will say the same, Mark will say the same. You need to make whether it's however you play your striker. You need to make an L-shaped run. You need to be. You need to do a, a diagonal run. You need to reverse mark. You need to do all of this kind of stuff. I didn't see any of that from Jeff. Got all I saw him was jumping between the two centre backs. Um, never at one point was he balancing them both. Now, is that a result of the two wingers? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, but that that's what I saw yesterday. Like I thought, I, you know, I, I thought that every time Williams moved forward with the ball, Jeff Cobb was nowhere to be seen, or he was behind him. A bit like what we all what we criticised Harry Kane for doing too much of was a bit like what Jeff Cobb was doing yesterday, but doing it really badly. Um, and that's and that's why we weren't. And so yeah, whilst service is a big big problem, it's not all down. It's not all down to the service because that you know the, the strikers and this is where Charlie Austin will make a difference. It is because he's been in the game long enough. He's going to be telling those midfielders where he wants that ball to be played. Um, you know, and I think yeah, we talk about he's going to be up against lump it and dump it defenders, but at the end of the day, he's smart enough. He's played at higher levels where he's going to make a much more of a difference. I think we're going to be. I'm one of those that actually wouldn't be surprised if we see 15 plus goals. But Jeff Cott, I'm sorry, I wouldn't be fussed if we sent him back in January or if he got recalled. Jenny wouldn't be fussed. Well, Nick, I think got sorry, me- sorry to put in there. You'll just go back to your distribution. Even when you are disputing the balls in the box, it's so mirrored every time. Every time you had a corner or a wide ball, it would always go to the far post and your player would fail to jump for it. You know, it's so easy to defend against, even when you can pick it up inside the. From a fan's point of view, if this is getting coached, then obviously, well, I'll let you guys decide that. <laughs> uh, Nick, you got reference there. So do you want to have your say on Jeff Cutt's performance? I think Woody summed it up um, pretty well. It's, I mean, it's the two things, isn't it? It's Woody said, if you don't make the runs and make the space for someone to get the ball to you, <clears throat> uh, you're not going to get it. And size point there about our crossing, um, Hutton hit virtually every cross to outside the other side of the penalty area. His crossing was absolutely abysmal. And um, Davinier um, went down the left that many times, but cut back in every time and then still didn't get a decent cross in. So he was poor. He doesn't have a left foot. <clears throat> he doesn't. No, he doesn't have a left foot. The The front three didn't work as a unit. Um, again, you know, what, what is right if, it, you know, the depending on what side the ball's on, the winger or the front man on the other side comes in to sit alongside the centre forward. I mean, that that didn't happen at all. Um, yeah, and it was just, it was poor all, all the way through. We know what the problem is. We're not scoring enough goals. Since Mansfield, um, I think we've had nine games and scored five goals. We cannot oh, we continue. we used too many in that game, did we, Nick? We scored too many in that game. Well, probably, um, but we played two up front, and we haven't done it since. Um, we scored, you know, play two up front. We score five goals. Yeah, so it's, so it's a valid point. Things have got to change, and if Charlie Austin can make things happen, but he can't do it on his own, and I think the whole setup and the way we're coached in our how many coaches we got on the bench going mental throughout the game. I'm sure that can't do a lot of good either. So, change, yeah, changes need to happen. And I'll hold my hands up. At the start, I was a Lindsay supporter. I said, uh, yeah, that's probably a good appointment. But we've been 
as I said, going around in circles, win one, lose one, win one, lose one, play well, play crap, play well, play crap. That's the problem. We're in these, I think somebody made the point um, saying about too many youngsters. Well, if, actually, if you go through that team, there is a lot of experience in that team. So you can't use that as an excuse. Um, oh, and, Nick, you uh, stole it. You stole my point. I wanted to make later. I mean, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Woody. So yeah, yeah. So, so that's where I see it. I'll, I'll leave it there because there's so much to say that uh, we all need a chance to have a little uh, gripe. Okay, well, I want to come into to Rich next because something I think me and you agree on, and I, I think Woody does as well. Um, both Woody and Nick have mentioned it is width from wingers. Um, Woody used the phrase when attacking the redundant winger becomes a second striker. I think wingers in general are redundant in our team because they don't play as wingers. Well, I mean, I said this um, probably since November, uh, maybe even October, that we are lacking half decent wingers. I mean, we probably had our chance in the summer uh, to sign like a, an experienced uh, wing player if that was the the formation or the way that we were going to go it doesn't really matter how we were going to set up we were always going to have some wide players and um eventually for Lindsay he finally did have a backup plan and he was going to play 4-3-3 the problem is though we've got we didn't have the players to fit the 3-5-2 now we haven't got the players to fit the 4-3-3 like, do you know what I mean? I mean, the only thing that's really worked for us is the diamond formation because that does work for us. We've got Gladwin, Darcy, Khan, Reed. Do you know but what I mean? That actually did, works. On that, though, and, and the point that was made earlier on, on Lower League Look, it worked really, really well at Mansfield. But Mansfield, did we not play that? It didn't work yeah. at Stock, Stockport. Stockport, sorry, Stockport. And so it needs to be adaptable to the opposition. Absolutely. And this is where I think Lindsay needs to sort of change it up a little bit because he needs to go, he needs to um, do his research on the team, how they play their football. And if the diamond formation is the one that works, great. I understand that don't change a winning team. And in some aspects, yeah, don't. But uh, also, I just think, you know, but going back to the players, they're going back to the question, like, I uh, I absolutely lost to a shade yesterday. Genuinely, he looked he he was he was like Bambi on legs. Like seriously, I mean, he was. I think somebody was starting to sing the song on Thursday night. Uh, one of us was. Um, he's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Tyree Shade. Do you know <laughs> what? Us. He, he genuinely was though. That's the thing, but not in a good way. Like he was on, he was on the left hand side where he should have been on the right hand side, and it's not as if that the two wingers bloody switched positions. Johnny Williams was still on the left hand side, which left the right hand side bloody free. And when Tyree Shade was given the opportunity, the ball was flicked over. It was like a slow motion chip. Number one couldn't <laughs> even stay on side, and number two fucking took two steps back to volley it then over the net. If you put your back that much into it and take two steps back and you're stretching for it. I know he's a tall bloke, but genuinely enough, that is not going to get that ball on target. Like, and he, it was a scuffed shot and everything like that. And then two minutes later, he has another shot, which he blasts straight wide. I just, oh my God, what does Lindsay say? Now, this is where I don't quite understand who is actually picking this team. Because okay. unless there's some kind of stat that is keeping Tyree Shade in that team <laughs> week in, week out, which there must be. 
but I'm yet to fucking see it because it's, well, it's only the last couple of games where he's actually been making some actually decent runs. Let me see if I can help you out with that one, Rich, because on Woody was, was very partially happy with Shade yesterday. Oh, wow. Go on, Woody. Only on, only on his defensive work. <laughs> um, for the first 40 minutes, it sounds like familiar. Look, I, I, I want to be clear here that I don't, I don't think this should be a Shade bashing because at the end of the day, yesterday, was, everybody was atrocious. I get that, I get you that. Know, even, but... even Bryn, that we all sing in glory and we all claim that he keeps us in, he's, he's the reason we are where we are, which I don't believe for a second. Um, but it's, um, you know, he, even he was dropping the ball at stupid moments yesterday, and you know, and, and you know, there was a couple of misplaced passes out from the back. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, I, you know, my opinion is not going to change on change. It shade, it won't, it never will do. I'm not going to use him as a scapegoat for yesterday's performance because, like I say, all of them were rubbish yesterday. But he is not good enough. I don't care what anybody says. I don't even care what the stats say. He's just mm. not good enough. He's not the style. He's not what we need. Um, he doesn't suit the way that we even want to look like we're playing. And I just want to come back to this. And this is, I'm going to sound like Ben here. This is going to really irritate me. <laughs> um, <laughs> we played four diamond two again, uh, four diamond two against um, Stockport, right? And we said, oh, it didn't work. It didn't work, even though we beat Mansfield. Let's take another look at that lineup that played against Stockport. Brennan, Bowdry, Hutton, Darcy, Yandelo, Reed, Khan, Williams, Jeffcott, Wakelin. Okay, so... The midfield four that we were all put into our um, into ours, only two of them are, were in that lineup against Stockport. Um, so I, I'm, I I I get annoyed at this. We can't do it because we did it against Stockport and we lost four nil. Well, we won five two and then we lost four uh, lost four nil. It doesn't, you know, the, the personnel was the issue. I think Reed was playing attacking midfield. He was or something when he against Stockport. <laughs> the personnel was the issue there. That comes under Scott Lindsay. Um, but either way, yeah, Shade yesterday, to be fair, for the first half, second half, I, I think I was just seeing red all the way through for every single player. He, you know, defensively, he was playing like a wing back, but we weren't playing a wing back system. No, no, so, right. and that's what I was trying to say that we, you know, like he defensively, he probably won the ball more times than Hutton did yesterday, I reckon. But if we got to be back. fair, though, he has played like that all season because he gets the ball on halfway line and he doesn't fucking run, he just yeah. passes well, the ball straight back. So but what makes me laugh? You know, you, you know, you know that you know that area between like the edge of the eighteen-yard box and the byline, and the and the goal kick line, right? He's never in that area. And the first thing I'm expecting a winger to do is drive towards that direction. He doesn't. I'm sorry. The majority of the time, he picks the ball up, gets to the edge area, turns back inside. Um, he's a right back. He's a, sorry, left back. He's a left back's absolute dream. If I'm a left back, that's Why exactly aren't we where I want him in the Vinier's position. Yeah. Yeah, just don't um, get it. But no, he's not. He's not the reason we lost yesterday. I, I want to make that clear. No, I don't want it to be a, a shade bashing session. But he, oh, don't he worry, I'm sure every. But, but Fifey, <laughs> just going back to your point about the the whole wingers anyway. Like th- this was our whole recruitment process that should have been like ideal in January. I mean, we signed Shade, and then we signed Morgan Roberts. I mean, no disrespect to the kid, but he came from Banbury. And Charlie he hasn't Austin had an all... But what I mean is, is he hasn't had the experience. <laughs> he's about five foot two. Um, he's, he's more of a Jermaine McGlashan at the moment than we have any other wingers, to be quite honest with you. Playing computer games. 
I don't know. Is that what he does? I have no idea. But um, my point is, we need to bring in experienced league wingers in this January transfer window. And if we don't get that, just forget it. Just forget this season. Because not even, it doesn't matter who we bring in, whether or not we sack Scott Lindsay or not, that is not going to change. We need wingers, full stop. Uh, what Lloyd subject... is great nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, won't, I believe. On the subject of wingers, Mark, I'm going to come to you in just a second. But uh, tweet in from Paddy at Fools Rushing. Good evening, comrades. We are pinching a win here and there, but the football in general is terrible. Dean McKayley and his stats fest need to go. Lindsay's not doing what he promised when he won the lotto in getting a manager's job. All very fair points and a happy new year to you as well, sir. Um, we mentioned shade there, uh, Mark, but let's have a look on the other side. Um, Lavinia has briefly been mentioned. We are crying out, and, and I appreciate Iandolo is, uh, but he's not playing in that position at the minute. We are crying out for an actual left footer to play on the left, aren't we? Yeah, 100%. I mean, obviously, um, Harry's could come in and do a job at centre-back and allow... FBT to move back out to the left where he was most effective earlier in the season. No disrespect to FBT, he's been doing a, an absolute sterling job in fitting in at centre back um, and is arguably up there with Bryn as our, um, you know, as two of our best players this season. But it, it's it's a bigger problem to fill and it goes beyond those two players. I, I genuinely think from um, a team perspective, we don't have a leader out on the pitch. Um, I'm going to start my Angus McDonald uh, argument now in as much as he should be in the bin. Um, he's, absolutely, <laughs> he's, absolutely, he's absolutely not captain material. Um, he doesn't lead from the back. He's quieter than Conroy, and that is saying something. The guy never opens his mouth to shout and organise his line. Bryn is not a commanding goalkeeper in terms of um, vocal ability. He's quite, you know, within himself. Although, you know, it's it's just incredibly frustrating. I just I don't think we have enough leadership in the team. Um, I mean, Gladwin is as close as we get to it. Uh, and he didn't pull any punches after the game yesterday. And I've got to commend him for that. I think he's 100% right. But there's there's nobody out on the pitch that's telling them to pull their socks up and drag them back into a game. Austin will be one of those players. I was going to say. He yeah. is incredibly vocal and they better look ship-shaped because, you know, we've seen some of his behind-the-scenes rants at Brisbane and uh, and the such like, and he's been like that his whole career. Forget so, that. I'm looking forward to his rants about the officials at <laughs> Southampton. He's going to have a field day in League Two. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a whole whole separate conversation. But just I just want to just wind back a little bit and just talk about the actual the actual games that were chalk and cheese. Now Northampton, okay, was probably and I genuinely thought we were going to get tonked at Northampton after the way we played against Walsall. Um, I don't think anyone here is going to disagree with that. The fact uh, is, though, we look... We, well, OK, no fair point. Yeah, but you're always positive when you go to games, <laughs> I fear. <laughs> um, I, I genuinely think we had, had a game plan during that game. The players looked to have, you know, some sort of responsibility and accountability for, for, for their positions. Um, when we were defending out the game, particularly in the second half, it was quite sensible to have a low block. Bear in mind, they played the game three days before and we actually executed that incredibly well. We actually stopped Northampton getting as much space um, uh, you know, as perhaps they would have enjoyed. And I thought, actually, we actually looked like a football team again. I think, genuinely, if you look at the watch the highlights back from the Colchester game, I don't think we bothered scouting Colchester. I don't think anyone took the time of day and just thought they're down the bottom. 
um, with all, you know, not being, you know, disrespectful, but I think we haven't done a proper job and said, okay, well, this is what we could have done and this is what we should do um, against this side. We weren't that convincing against you in the home match, to be fair. Um, and then, arguably, I thought, and I saw a comment earlier about the substitutions during the game yesterday, think, you know, saying we didn't get those right. I genuinely thought they were good substitutions by we bought on our pace players. Okay, what we didn't do was change a system of play to match up to the pace of RHM and um, and Wakeling and um, and so on, we played the same system, and I thought this just doesn't make sense. Why why not move two up top against again, you know, a dad's army centre back pairing with with two younger players that should be able to to pull those you know create space for the midfielders, and it just didn't happen. Um, and to be fair, as soon as Akindi came on the pitch, anyway, I genuinely thought we were going to go two 0 down because yeah. the, the the way we were play the way we were playing yesterday, he's always handy for a, you know a goal, and just like my heart sank a little bit, thinking we ain't getting back in this game now. He's on the pitch, simple as that. Um, but yeah, going going back to what you were saying uh, or what we were saying originally about the, the the leadership in the team, it's 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 a big problem for me. Um, we we just don't have anybody in the side that's that, that's capable of pulling you know pulling the team around and, and giving them a kick up the backside at the moment and i hope we add to uh, the signing of austin to change that well speaking of signing side just a, a question for you uh, let's not pretend this is from jack and it's absolutely from ben trying to hide from his bosses who might be watching uh, but he's already wasted too much time on lower league look so if they're going to sack him for this he'll do it anyway um dj though obviously a, a winger we know very well uh could be on his way to cole you have you heard anything about this so this is jay so, me obviously yeah so we've been linked linked to him but at the moment we seem to be linking with any wide attacking minded player so it's kind of a bit of a the links there it's potentially with, like we get we get linked with kemp as well from milton Keynes and but I think we've I've learned the hard way, especially with Tom Nichols when we come in to us, was pretty much almost according to some rumours, guaranteed signing. Now he's gone to Gillingham. So I take a lot of this sort of stuff with a pinch of salt. It it fit in, don't get it wrong. But yeah, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd take DJ back sure. here any day. I'd take him back any day. And that, and that is the thing, you know, he's a player that would improve our squad. Oh massive. But I don't know how oh. how true the the actual rumours are because it's it's this time of year where you get linked to everyone and then we don't wait until like the 29th of January and sign someone from a long on loan who's injured from a non-league side that never gets played. So <laughs> I've sort of learned the hard way not to um to go back and go back to what you guys are saying about how you, you have a system or change the system. It looked like you rocked up with plan A. That didn't work. And it's like, right, what we'll go do now is we'll go from plan A to no plan. If they don't know what we're doing, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. No one knows what we're doing. They can't defend against it. So maybe it will work. I agree when you say about your substitutions. Yeah, the pace came on. We hadn't made any substitutions at that point. So they had a good 10 minutes of fresh legs running against ageing defenders and a tiring team. But yet nothing changed. And it was easy. We just, our wing backs just dropped back in, made it a back five. It just offered nothing. Where actually, adding the extra player forward, matching up the wing backs with that pace, you would have got more options and probably would have forced mistakes out of Ahara because of how he's been with his confidence. You go back to the scouting, obviously. If you just scout this against Wimbledon, all you know is long range shots will get spilled, follow the ball into the box, follow the ball into the box, you won't, and you shoot it, and then yeah, we'll just stop. And I think we played so, into your hands as well, though, side, to be perfectly honest, because I think your players realised that actually plan A was shit as far as we were concerned. You had the better of it, and you realised quite quickly we weren't going to change plan A. 
and then your the kind of like attacking mojo came about a bit more and you, you looked the more lively of the teams um, and perhaps should have gone on and scored a couple more if it hadn't been for the, for the goalkeeper. We set up very much, although we, we were playing a three with the wing backs, we pretty much set up with flat five to start with because we were scared, obviously, with your front three of conceding, think- especially about three centre backs being older. Then as the game went on, obviously, Bloomfield's got hold of them and like drinks break, being like, right, they're not attacking you, they're giving you space, exploit it. And they went, okay, shackles are off, off we go. And yeah, no, I completely agree with what you guys are saying about when you're watching it from an opposition point of view. There's so many things that one or two slight tweaks could have actually really put us against the cosh that we just overlooked. And I think the same with what we're doing about it. The fans are telling you, all crying out what to go on and what's happened. It's like, why can't the people that are making decisions who went to be the experts and get paid for this see the same thing? I think I think if we had scouted your game against Wimbledon, we probably would have just realised what a stupid mistake it was not trying to sign Josh Davison in the summer, to be totally honest. Um, so it's, who, who, like, regardless of people's thoughts on him, is exactly what we probably need in the side yeah. at the moment. Um, but <clears throat> well, that's all I'm going to say on Josh Davison tonight. We've had, a, we've had a couple of uh, of messages in in relation to some of the things that have said. Paddy's very uh, involved at the minute, so he's put: if we persist with uh, Di McKaylee, persist with Lindsay, and this boring clueless football, Charlie Austin won't see out his six month contract. Totally agree with Matt, formerly known as Rich, on the subject of wingers. He also says 100% agree with Mark. Uh, Charlie will be vocal and if it upsets the apple cart, so be it. I don't think there are enough standards under this coaching setup, not professional enough. I think if things are slack, Austin won't accept that and will say so. Um, and we've had a, another question in for you, Sai. Um, are your days of raiding Ipswich over? Well, the problem we're having with the Ipswich raid at the moment is they've got quite a young squad. So we've pretty got another like five or six years so they fall into the age gap in the category where we decide to come off on a three-year contract on, on stupid money. Um, to, be, to be honest, though, I, I put, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Carl Scoots. I think that bloke is so underrated. Yes, he's not fancy. He's, he's one of the slower players, but he commands in front of the, the back line. He does the basics well and he's very competitive. He came from Ipswich. To Chambers, I've got a lot of time for him from its switch. Smith's come back, he's from its switch. I think if we've got these players from anywhere else, they wouldn't be guessing the grief and stuff they're guessing at times. Just because of the Ipswich connection, it makes it worse. And then obviously, as soon as you start mentioning Ipswich, it's like, oh, you know, you're the Ipswich from time and home. I don't remember we did that, um, so your Christmas episode, or whatever we had to do the yep. defending defensible. Yep. Yeah, it shouldn't be, you know, it should be Ipswich speech if Ipswich from time and home to complain to one club sort of thing. But at times, it does feel that's the joke amongst rival supporters. It's it's hard to screw with because obviously we do do it. But at the same time, the players that we do bring in from Ipswich at times aren't as bad as potentially Perhaps. they're labelled because they're tarred with the Ipswich brush. So yeah, once yeah. some of the players get another sort of 10, 15 years older, we'll be straight on the they'll be straight on the bus down to us. Uh, Craig, one for you here. Um, another one in from Paddy on Twitter. Um, the club's Twitter wish the great Steve Wyatt a happy birthday today. Can you imagine Chalky Quinn, Bamba and Shearer, etc. playing under these coaches? Their goal records would have been blown to bits. Christ, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to imagine because that, that, that would just ruin my memory of Shearer and Chalky. And I, I mean, Bamba was a bit before my um, the time I was supporting them, but... But yeah, Christ. I, I mean, the the whole 
coaching setup. We we mentioned it earlier on in the season where you got four or five of them all shouting on the pitch at the same time, including Lindsay. And it's it's like it's like um, somebody mentioned on Twitter. It's like they're being overcoached, and you, you know, and and I'm sure Woody would probably agree. You know, it's um, you, you know, how is that? You, you you need one person shouting the odds, maybe two, if it's a specialist one, like the goalkeeping coach, say Mildenhall needs to shout something to the goalkeeper or something like that. But every time we saw it at Northampton, um, even though we you know we did well there, there's four or five of them shouting on the shouting at the same time. They, to be honest, they seem like a bunch of amateurs. They they really do seem like a bunch of amateurs. The, the, the coaching setup. Maybe I'm being harsh. I'm not in that. You know, I don't know anything about coaching, so maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I know fuck all as usual, but um, but it, it just doesn't look good. It, it doesn't look good, and um, especially when you have a defeat like we did yesterday, and they're still doing exactly the same. It's like how are the players supposed to do what they're supposed to do tactically and, and being coached from the side when you've got four or five different um, voices shouting at them? So so yeah, I, I think I think. Um, Shearer, White, and Bamba can sleep soundly at night that they never had to um, deal with those those idiots. But um, c- can I just go back to to Jeffcott? To be fair yeah. to him, I did see him run a few times, but it was with the ball towards our own half when he was playing it back to the defenders. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it's um, it's it's not it's not looking good, and and, and I just think that. You know, our, our performance yesterday, we say about, oh, it was lacking, we were lacking wingers. It all goes back to the recruitment at the beginning of the season. I know we're going to go on to Dean McKelly probably later, but clearly we were recruiting for free at the back to play this 3-5-2 formation. And we didn't have, I hate saying plan B, but we didn't have a plan B for it. And, um, and, and that's the problem. That's why we haven't got any wingers. We got wing backs, but we haven't got any, any wingers. And that, that will also explain, going back to Mark's point about McDonald, that's the only reason why we signed McDonald, apparently, so that we had at least one non-ball-playing centre-back in the free, in, in, in the free um, centre-backs. I, I still cannot, for the life of me, understand why we brought a centre-back who is no good with the ball at, the, at his feet, like McDonald. He, he's done it so many times. He nearly gave, he nearly gave a goal away against Northampton, and that could have totally changed that game. So it, the, the recruitment is just a fucking joke, to be honest. But sorry, I'll go, I'll go into that a bit a bit late, a bit later before I uh, get on my soapbox. Sorry, uh, Woody. Should me or you text Wazza and tell him not to watch this back because that's Mark <laughs> and Craig going on McDonald there. Well, um, to be fair though, McDonald wasn't the worst player yesterday. But that's not saying much because no. they were all shit. Um, I have got another one for you, though, Craig, because we're still talking about sort of the attacking setup generally to, to our team. Um, there were two penalty appeals. Do you feel either of them were penalties? Um, I don't. I, I saw the the Hepburn Murphy one. I missed the other one. I, I still wasn't sure. And I asked in in the group chat, um, and and people weren't too sure. It, it looked like one of those where if you was given it, you weren't surprised. If you're not given it, you're not. You're not you're not too fast. So, but as as Lindsay said in his post match press conference, that that doesn't matter. We just weren't good enough yesterday. So I, I think that the penalty thing's not not really that that important to be to be honest. That just would have um, papered over the cracks, really. Okay, uh, Ned, uh, come to you. One more at the top end. Um, I'm sure we'll discuss a lot more about what 
Lindsay said in his post-match, because I, for one, was very critical of the comments. Um, but one thing he was asked was, if Austin was available, is that a different game? And he said, yes, absolutely. Um, now, we've seen a few comments be flashed up already. People asking about Charlie Austin. Do we think there's a rift, et cetera, et cetera. But, but the crux of it is, in your opinion, would it have been a different game? And does he make all the difference to this current team? Um, I mean, would have more goal threat. However, I mean, let's be completely honest. Um, the way we're playing at the moment, it doesn't matter who we've got up, up top. It doesn't matter because we're not creating enough chances. We, you know, we might be getting entries into the box or something, but we're not creating clear-cut chances. You know, and we've seen about the wingers. Um, if we could have flipping Cafu and Ashley Cole on the left and right, but we've not, we've never, we've never got enough people in the box. So it's absolutely irrelevant. You know, who's out wide, unless we're going to have, you know, some six foot five person who, you know, runs as much as Wakelin does, we're not going to score any flipping goals in open play. You know, and if we do, it'll be a, you know, a lucky, you know, a lucky shot from outside the box or it's just awful, you know, and there's only one person to blame for that. And that's Scott Lindsay, you know. I know that I don't have the same opinion on um, a lot of the players in the squad than than similarly, <laughs> but um, I, I genuinely feel that this team is good enough. It's just the tactics are fucking shit, and I'm sorry. There's no other way of saying it. Um, we put the we, warning out beforehand. I'm just surprised it's taken till now for some properly. Uh, <laughs> if that's it's as bad really, as it gets, we've done well. I mean, let's try and attack. Do you know what I mean? Let's try and score a few goals. I mean, when we do try and attack, we do get the players in the box, we score goals. So why can't we just, you know, you know, I mean, you know, when, when you think about it, you know, when we got our, we, we, we effectively, we got two players out wide, haven't we? Whenever we go forward um, on either side. So supposedly, supposedly it's just for me, that's, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> if, if, if we shouldn't have, two wide players on each side. I mean, that's fucking stupid as far as I'm concerned. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not a coach like uh, Woody or, you know, like Mark or or, um, or Matt. <laughs> um, but it's just, you know, for me, you know, if, if you've got wingbacks, I'd rather have more, um, you know, may, maybe I would, I'd rather have two in the box at least. And then I'd have my attack, you know, my midfielders who would sort of you know go into the box when it's out wide but you know i, I I'm, I'm no coach but you know, as i said it we, we could sign up some quality wingers and if we've only got one striker to aim for in the box against two or possibly three center backs we're not going to score any goals it's just rubbish and i was asking myself you know that if, I, I, I'm not sure if you saw in the, in the WhatsApp um, chat, but my I had a power cut, so I unfortunately didn't get to see quite a bit of the second half. But um, and I hadn't didn't hear um, Lindsay's um, after match um, rant, which I would have loved to have, have heard because there's no excuses. Um, I I'm I'm just I'm just flabbergasted, but um yeah, I, the one thing I heard from Andrew Horse was uh, remarkably inept at dealing with the ball through the middle, you know the long ball through the middle. Yeah, that's not forgivable. That's not forgivable in any 
um, in any level of professional football. Um, you said it in the WhatsApp group as well. You know, our formation that we play, we might as well not bother having a, a flipping striker up front. I did, we might as well I did have say an, that. Yeah. Might as well have an extra, you know, have a number 10 in there. Um, False but, lines. But, you know, it's it's just one of those ones. And, you know, I, I really would love Scott Lindsay to do well, but, you know, we've we've given him a poison chalice because, you know, a lot, a lot of the fans were, um, you know, saying the cheap option, blah, blah, blah. It's not the cheap option, but it's his first job, you know, as like the the head of the team, you know, the, the head coach, stroke manager, should never have put him in that position. It should have been someone who motivates players, you know, you know, someone, you know, with a bit of experience, you know, with our team, if we had someone, the equivalent of Steve Evans, would we be near the top? We absolutely yeah. would be. Yes. We Good absolutely problem. would be. So it's just, you know, if we, have got any inclination to try and get into the playoffs or get promoted, we need to get someone else in. And I'm well, not, you know, there's no sort of... Um, sorry to no... interrupt, Ned, but if we had someone like Steve Evans, it would be a totally different recruitment game as well. We wouldn't have recruited oh, no. the players we've got now. He wouldn't have got the... He wouldn't get much better out of these players, I don't think, but we'd have definitely oh, recruited a lot better. You know, don't Don't take what I'm saying wrong. Um, I'm not saying that we should, you know, his style of football. I'm just saying someone who's, you know, uh, who's got a lot of uh, character, you know, who can bring the best out of players, you know, um, who's got an idea, you know, someone who's been around the block, not completely, not, you know, bring an old person in, but just, you know, someone who's been around the game in that position for, you know, at least a, a good few seasons, you know, four or five seasons. That's the kind of the person that we need in charge but you know it is what it is but you know we're not going to fight can i just pick on something that ned said of course said, i said about us not attacking and i was thinking about the northampton game and obviously we got the result there and everybody was buoyed by that but if you think about that game we defended well Christ, was it that carry on that's right i can't with that on <laughs> Sorry, Sorry. Puts me off. I like Rich, that put me off. <laughs> um we yeah, we, we we obviously we defended well and we and we battled. But but what did we actually achieve attack wise? We had Shade cutting from the, the wing, ran at their defense, which is what we're saying, yeah, we should be doing, pushing them back, laid it off to Williams, got the rebound and scored, and we got a worldie from Lavinia. Apart from that, we, we didn't create anything, and it was a rear guard battle. And so we were battling against a team above us in the league, which is what you would expect teams to do. Like Colchester did, they battled against us because we were above them in the league and they, they needed to get some out of that game. And and I think those two games, you can sum it up like that. And we haven't created anything for, you know, a, a, I'll go back to it, since Mansfield. We've hardly created a decent chance. And that that's the problem. We play one up front with no service and, and the guy's restricted with two, three centre-halves against him. So I just want to take the opportunity because we, we've got loads of comments flying in. I just want to make sure they're all uh, getting the, the recognition of time they deserve. Um, <laughs> Paddy, as again, uh, he's agreeing a lot tonight. I agree with Cy about Cole Skews. was always steady at Bristol City as well as Ipswich. Um 
<laughs> and then he goes on to say, when Lindsay says post-match to Andrew Hawes, we need some kind of movement and we've just got to sort of keep playing it around the box. Is he for real? How the hell does he inspire and lead a team? It's Mike Bassett stuff. That's all come through on Twitter. Um, as expected, Liam's joined us. Uh, first of all, he asked, uh, does the M in PCM stand for mid? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> long running joke. Uh, also, uh, good evening to Liv, who very much enjoys the Salford boys when we're on her telly of an evening. Um, Sai, can you please take the Christmas decorations down? It's January. Um, I'm all allowed to stuff like that. I'm married. What else have we had? Uh, Mark said it's okay because David beat Goliath, therefore the borrowers will get past the Giants. Uh, Mike said he's no coach, but. <laughs> But why don't we shoot a goal occasionally? Um, Liam came back on again. Uh, don't worry, guys. We lost one. There's Colchester too, and we're the best team in the league. Says what? Ninth or tenth place, Bradford? Um, and then, are you sure you're not a coach, Mike? That sounds something a coach would say. Um, inexperienced coaches. Woody, your thoughts on this one? Inexperienced coaches need a couple type with them. I really, really struggle with this. We need to bring in an experienced manager. It's not that I disagree or agree, but if we look back at the experienced coaches we've brought in, Phil Brown probably being the most recent, and then we look at Swindon, Swindon, Flitcroft. Uh, but Flitcroft had a good win rate. Flick, mm -hmm. Sheridan, Flitcroft had a good win rate. To be fair mm -hmm. to him, he knew how to win games. Um, but the I, I do, I do struggle. I mean, Copper would be brilliant. I don't, I, you know, I've, I've never, never, you know, as much as he hangs around all of our enemies, um, I've never, <laughs> never really not liked the guy. But I just, I, I think, I do agree with Craig. It, it seems that, and I try not, I try to be like, as a coach myself, and I know Rich will be the same. <laughs> Pretty sure I liked his tweet saying that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so but then you look at like the inexperienced managers we've had. Richie Wellens was arguably inexperienced. Um, you know, whether we like him or not, Garner was inexperienced, but he did all right with us. He didn't do brilliant, but he did all right. Um, you know, Paolo De Canio, and people will say, yeah, but he's a coaching of the highest quality. Blah 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 blah. Um, but yeah, Hoddle, Hoddle, yeah, Hoddle, a massive example. Um, so. Yeah, and our, our model has always been kind of taking those kind of inexperienced. And I don't think, to be honest with you, based on the fact that we're a stats approach, stats, this kind of stats-driven approach is not, it is a new thing. And it is only really being kind of driven into kind of your up-and-coming young oh, coaches yeah. now. Um, so I, I I don't, I think whilst Dean McKayley's in there, I can't see us getting in a, you know, an experienced manager of that model, which is why I always yeah. said to Ben when he was like, Lindsay out. Um, that, that's why I'm so on the... Well, I'm not really on the offence about it now, but that's why I was always so on the fence about it because we're not going to get in this glorious manager who's going to come in and save the day. We're going to get in another person who is, you know, rightly so, like Lindsay, I don't want to put disrespect on him because he's obviously worked really hard to do, you know, to, to get where he is. And he finally had his big break. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, he's not doing massively bad. He's just... He's not what we want. He's not the expectations that we want. Um, so yeah, but I just think, and this is this is where I struggle with the experience argument because I don't think we'll get anybody who I don't think we're going to get a Steve Evans. We're not going to get you know a Flickcroft again. No. 
you know, like that. It's not going to happen. So that that's my only, that's the reason that it's really holding me back from shouting. I don't shout Lindsay out anyway, but no. that's one thing because I just don't think there's anybody else. I, I generally, I, I, I'm with you. Moment, yeah, I, I'm completely with you, Woody, honestly. Until actually I saw something today and I completely forgot this guy is out of work at the moment is uh, Liam Manning. Um, I I personally think yeah. he would be I, I personally think he would be a perfect fit. But like you, I'm I'm not the one that's like screaming Lindsay out. The only way, and I think Lindsay is going to go, uh, is a if he's lost the dressing room, and b if Clem actually has some balls to actually sack a manager because we haven't seen that from him yet. Um, he hasn't been in the position where he's had to sack a manager. So it'll be very interesting to see what kind of circumstances it will take for Clem to actually sack a manager. Um, but I'm firmly, and I will completely back what I've said. Uh, I, I I think Lindsay's here for the. I think he's here until at least the end of the season, and whether or not we're in finishing thirteenth place, fourteenth place, uh, or if we finish in the playoff positions. Nothing is going to. I don't think. I don't think anything. Oh God, um, I don't. I honestly don't think anything is going to change. Um, but again, like I say, only only unless he has lost the dressing room. And I, I, I do personally think he has done, given by what he said in this post match, and what Ben Gladwin said as well. But it's uh, yeah. I think it's definitely a wait and see game. Go on, sir. Yeah, just sort of put two two points on there. The first one, obviously, with Nick saying we were battling against sides above us, everyone's above us, so we're just battling just to turn up the football matches is a plus point for us. But going back to the stats-based stuff, I think there's so many statistics in football now that they're becoming overwhelming, and not enough people are actually able to take the statistics and turn them into anything useful. So you've got a statistics-based setup, fantastic, yep, yeah, you might have a player that does X amount of completed passes. How many passes are sideways? How many passes lead goal score opportunities? Mm. At what point do people get into the weeds of the statistics to then influence the sections? Or is it yeah. a case of, oh, look, that player's done X amount of passes. He, we've got to start in. He's more ball play midfielder. But actually, he goes sideways. Whereas the guy who's played 10 passes forward, three of which have led to a goal, the other seven haven't done anything, looks bad statistically, is actually the best player. And I think that's where the young coaches need to find mm. a happy medium because statistics can prove anything you want them to. And it's how they use is where it needs to be refined. Well, yeah. this, this I think, is, I think this, I was going to say this is very interesting though because it's actually funny what Sandro Di Michele said in our docu series or whatever it was. I'll read it out because there's a chance that we might not get the results we like, but we have to keep playing football the right way because that showcases talent in the best way possible. It's important that we play the right way so that we can showcase talent. Doesn't matter on our results or our league position. See, I think, I think, and this is the problem with it. I mean, I was for the stats approach, and I know a couple of the other guys were. But the problem is, is we're trying too much, and Sandra Di Michele is trying too much to make this like a Brentford model. We, we're not like a Brentford model because we don't have a B team. If we had a B team, I'd be all... Because if you look at Brentford, no way is most of that squad that, that, that took them through the leagues being signed on stats approach. Their B team, however... There's a lot of good players in there that are based on just stats, but there's a reason why they don't make it into the pro game. Stats don't drive mentality. 
Um, so stats drive technique, and I think that's that's part of the problem that we that we've got constantly got. And I think I saw somebody. Um, I've I've lost the comment now, but you know it it it's just we that's we need the one. to. That for me would change everything. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, I would love the Cowleys or well, Danny Cowley. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I just think that I don't. I think we're we. I think we're using that as an excuse that we're trying to play football the right way because we're not seeing it being played the right no. way that we all see it. Um, so who's to blame there? Is that Lindsay or is that Dean McKayley for the players that we brought in? Um, you know, we're we're not seeing it. You know, at the end of the day. We might be winning the odd game, but I think Nick mm. said earlier we've won the odd game. But even in those games, we've not really been brilliant. I I thought Northampton we were very very good, mm. but if you look at some of the other games, it was either normally the other team. Would, I mean, I've said I've criticised us as fans quite a lot um, to say that we always seem to say the opposition's really rubbish um, rather than us just being really good. Mm. But I'm you know I wouldn't say that we we've put in a brilliant performance yet this season. Um, you know, Northampton does it for me because we were good on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, we were good defensively and we were good on going forward where, when we were able to go forward. Um, but it's, I just, I think this, this, this whole um, hiding behind the stats thing and it brings us nicely onto that kind of age, age element. You know, I think the youngest player that played yesterday was 22. I mean, sorry, but and that and that, I think that the youngest player has played at the higher levels. Um, so, yeah. so it's you know at the end of the day we haven't got a young squad. That's a load of bollocks. Um, and oh, that was it. The person who I think it was Mark said it, yeah, another team that's successful with a director of football, Leighton yeah. Orient, got our very mm-hmm. own Martin Ling. Um, so mm-hmm. it's you know it's it does work. A director of football model does mm-hmm. work. But the problem right. of a director of football model is who's to blame when it starts going wrong. Um, and my opinion it is the director of football that's to blame when it's going wrong. My, also, my, also, my... Um, also uh, Crawley have a director of football, and look what's happened there. So, yeah, yeah, you're right. It doesn't all, always work. But it, my, yeah. oh, that, that, my... that, that, that quote that um, Rich put, put out about Dee McKelly, and that, that just screams to me that we're going to become crew, the crew Alexandria of Wiltshire. No, no ambition to, to, to do anything other than making sure we're sustainable, which we all want. We do want sustainable, but we want more than that. We want to get into League One. We want to push for the championship. And those words that Dean McKelly, um said, that worries me because it's like they will not um, change the formation or the way we play or this, or, or this statistics approach because they want to make... <laughs> sorry but they want to basically we're, we're just going to become basically a feeder club for um the championship and premiership teams that's what we're going to do we're going to develop players sell them on make a bit of profit on them and then and then that's it and to be honest clem and rob angus need to be up front with what they expect from this club on the pitch, not just this season, but in the future. Because if we're going to go down the Crew Alexandria um, road of, of just developing footballers and then selling them on to make money and just tread water, then for me, that's not good enough for me. And and that's the problem. We've had no leadership from the top explaining what they expect for this season. Because most of the fans, they expected, including myself, that we would be pushing for automatics, progression from last season. 
And, and I don't think that that's unfair for us to expect that. But we have had nothing from Rob Angus or Clem about their expect or, or Dima Kelly um, for, for what the expectations were for this season. And, you know, you only have to look at um, uh, Dean McKelly and Lindsay's attitude towards Austin before we actually signed him. It was very lukewarm. That you could tell they weren't keen on signing him and you can tell that that was Clem who wanted him there. And uh, to me, it's all well and good saying Lindsay out, but Dean McKelly has to go. You bring in a different manager with the same director of football, it's not going to change that much. It's not going to improve that. I'm I'm glad I'm glad Clem did what he did in terms yeah. of because if if Dean McKayley didn't want him and Lindsay didn't want him I'm sorry but you cannot pass up the hot, the hottest property top free agent at the moment he's come down okay I know he's gone to Brisbane and stuff like that but last season he was playing that. in the championship so for somebody to come down let's let's forget about Brisbane because I don't really th- I think that was just really to keep him fit like sort of thing that that was a holiday for him really um but f- the fact that he's come from QPR and he's come down to league 2 I mean he he wants to be here and apparently he's he had other offers and stuff like that which I'm not surprised he has done uh, <laughs> because I'm sure every team wants him <laughs> but, uh, but all yeah, the comments, yeah. all but the yeah. comments flying in. It's the perfect time to just say hello and good evening, Ben. You finally finished work and can Jeez. can actually join us. Yeah, um, I'm sure you would have been listening in to all the positivity of the first hour or so, oh, and, and ready to to join in. Um, we spent a lot of time looking at the very top end of the pitch. We, we spent an hour looking at the very top end of the pitch. Let's move back a stage and talk about the midfield, because a lot of us have said on paper, and we're all, we've all been supporting football long enough to know it's not playing on paper, but on paper, our midfield options are very good. And we've said, you know, over the course of the season, we've said Gladwin does look a lot better this year. Reed, there's question marks over. We know that. And the likelihood is he'll probably be gone in January. There's, you know, Darcy, uh, among others, Williams included in that as well. Um, so I'd like to talk about why we seem to, with so many players who we perceive as being creative, not be able to create anything. But before I do that, and just to peek behind the curtain for, for those watching and listening in, um, in our WhatsApp chat, there was, I think, six consecutive messages at one point in the second half that contained the words... Fucking shoot Gladwin, Gladwin fucking shoot <laughs> in different in different arrays. And and my comment, because Ben, you said this, so I'll let you start it off. My, my comment, I think it was to Woody, was his instincts have always been to shoot, which means he isn't playing on instinct by not taking that opportunity to shoot. And if he's not playing on instinct, he must be playing on instruction. And that Although I don't necessarily, I agree with Woody when he talks to you that Lindsay's clearly not going out there and saying play with the handbrake on, don't intentionally not shoot. Mm. There is clearly something in the directive, but specifically for Gladwin, that he just isn't shooting. There was an interview a little while ago that Blaine Gladwin did. Um, I think it may have been after the Mansfield game where this was brought up, really. And he said, in my younger days, I was quite a selfish player. And I was was like, how am I going to score? When I got the ball, look up, score. He used to make these long roving runs to Gladwin, and he's quite a direct player. Now he says he's a bit more of a team player. And he says, well, what does the team need to do to score? 
I would like to say to Bain Gladwin, be more selfish because he had enough shot on him. He had one of the best shots about and he would score lots of goals. So Ben, just get back on it. Score, you know, he quite easily, he got hat tricks when he was back for us the first time. He's a good player. I, I just also wanted to skip back a little bit with the um, with, 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 with the ownership little chat with, with the signing of Austin. I think it screams um, that something isn't right or Clem is not happy. If oh, so you're mimicking what Jack was saying in the chat, are you? Yeah, his, well, no, his, his technical, yeah, his te he's gone, he's sort of undermined his technical director and his manager and signed someone out of his own back which means he's probably not happy with the way things are at the moment and how things are going, which means there possibly could be, because it is his toy set and it is his train set, that there may well be changes soon in his mind um, with this Austin signing. I would be interested to see the battle between Lindsay and Austin. If Lindsay really doesn't like Austin, if Lindsay pulls rank and doesn't play him that often or puts him on the bench and decides to play Jeff Cox. We're making assumptions here, though. Regardless, there was a comment earlier that I liked Charlie was in Australia while Clem was in Australia. It made sense for them to do the talk. Everyone's making yeah. these assumptions that because Lindsay wasn't in Australia doing the negotiations, no, because, he's not happy about it. No, Austin went, said he didn't speak or didn't didn't talk to Scott Lindsay at all until he had already signed. Actually, he still hadn't. He says, I'm sure it'll be fine. That's so not that's unusual for director of football. Uh, yeah. No, but that's Scott Lindsay. That's the manager. He didn't speak to his manager at all. Yeah, but that's not that's, no... not, a new, that's not that's not unusual. There was for no phone call just to say, right? Well, here's our manager. Do you want to chat to him? Oh, welcome, Charlie. This is how we want to play. You'd think that would be natural. Yeah, but don't forget, Barbara. Ben. We're in 2023 now. That might have been how things worked in 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe even 90s. But football does move case. on, and there's. I, I, if I was joining the club, I want to speak to the manager. To be fair, listen to his. Okay, okay let me try this. Let me try this another way. Let me try this manager, another though. way. Don't, don't forget, he's not the manager, he's the head coach. Yeah, that, that's a valid point. But let yeah, me try this yeah, another way. It's the same thing. He's still charged for the team. He's still selecting. He's still editing. If you were to go and get a new place of employment, would you necessarily speak to, you know, XYZ manager or would you speak to, like, the HR team that do the interviews? Would you yeah. get to speak to this person before you got that job? Not necessarily. Yeah, but it's, it's not. Still working. We're, 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 we're not working in an office, are we? It's a footballer, and he'll be directly working under a manager. They want a sense of a feel of the player that's going to be signing for them and playing for them. It, it's just, it just seems odd. In my point, look, I'm not a player. I've not worked on that sort of thing. It just seems odd that 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 that's a thing. In my opinion, I might be wrong. I might as normal, and players never talk to managers before signing. I might just be. It, it might be something that's completely that I don't know about. Anyway, that's that was what I wanted to say earlier um, concerning the midfield. Um. Uh, your question, midfield. Um, midfield's actually on paper. It's actually pretty good. It's just it's not gelling. Personally, I think Darcy plays far too deep for someone who likes to make uh, quite direct attacking runs. Um, I think he's better than making those runs into the box rather than from um, seventy yards from goal to forty yards from goal. Um, uh, I think Khan's a good player, but there's rumours that he might be off. I think Reedy will be off. Um, I think he was awful the other day, yesterday. I thought Reedy was really bad. There was a little passage of play where both teams couldn't hold ball more than three passes to each other. Um, Reedy was more culpable than anyone. Um, I think he was terrible yesterday. Um, I think I think the move for him was almost imminent, um, personally. That's in my opinion, anyway. I don't know anything. Um, but, yeah, it's rather disjointed at the moment, so I think he needs bolstering. 
even though on paper it's pretty good. I don't think it's right. Um, Mark, your views on the, the current midfield options? Well, it's not good enough. If it was good enough, we'd be higher up the table and we'd have more points. It's as simple as that. I mean, Johnny Williams was great before he went to the World Cup. Since he's come back, he spent more time on his arse than doing anything effective on the mm-hmm. pitch. Um, Gladwin's been a bit hit and miss since he, he's come back from his, you know, his, his his little knock. And I will, you know, I'll put my hands up and say he's had a good season compared to uh, to, to to last. Um, other than that, I'm not quite sure what our midfielders are offering. Ronan Darcy's not really set the world on fire. I mean, he does, you know, he's a lot of running around like a headless chicken in no end product. Um, I thought, you know, he was going to be more effective and score more goals than he has done. I mean, you know, the the, the the goal that he scored against Mansfield was, you know, fantastic and will probably be on the uh, the highlights reel. But since then, he hasn't really done much. But then, it's not just the midfield; it's that it's the whole team, and the, the, a lot of the team are out of form. And it's difficult to really pinpoint where the crux of the issue is, other than the fact that we haven't taken enough shots. We've already covered that off already, and I think Austin's gonna gonna change that. But it, we've got players playing out of position. We've got you know injuries. We've got you know lone players outperforming our uh, uh, our own signings. Uh, Wakelin is way off the boil. I mean, he's you know trying to affect games as positive as he can do, and I think it's probably unfair to put too much pressure on his shoulders. Bearing in mind it's his first season in professional football, and probably all got a little bit carried away very very quickly when he scored you know sort of four or five goals fairly quickly into the season, and then gave him a much longer deal. I still think he'll come good. Um, there's a lot of ability in that um, in that player. It's just he's struggling in a team that's struggling at the moment. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think you know Khan Khan and Reed as midfielders. If we could put the two together, with their best qualities, we'd have a, a great holding um, defensive midfielder. I mean, mm. Reed last season was phenomenal. There's a reason he's probably played the majority of his career at this level. Um, and, you know, he has one good season and goes off the boil. It seems to be a recurring theme. But I don't, I don't know whether he wanted out in the summer, and we said we weren't going to let him go until January. I, you know, who who knows what the plan is there? But if we lost Reed and Khan, the argument there is: Are we then going to change the shape because we don't have a holding midfielder to replace either of them with, either in the youth ranks of of any note? Um, or with enough experience for such a key position within the team, so we'd have to go out and recruit there. Or are we genuinely going to change the the shape and the formation in this window? I mean, we've got you know more strikers than we should you know could shake a stick at. Then you could make a good argument that we do need to be playing two up front to get the best out of what we have. So if we're going two up front, we're either going to go four four two or more likely three five two. So if we're going to go back to three five two. Then we've got to go back to what Rich was saying with the, the 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 wingers argument. Roberts will need to get to play more and prove his worth, and we'll need to go out and recruit somebody who can actually put the ball in the fucking box for somebody to score. Yep. Um, it's it's as simple as that. Uh, but yeah, it, it, it's tough. I I'd like to I'd like to pinpoint and say that you know the the midfield is a problem. Earlier in the season, I was thinking it was the real problem area, and I think we'd all you know maybe and I use the word alluded because it hasn't been used yet in tonight's show. Um, about that, it not quite having that, I don't know, dynamic or there, there was something missing, but it's gone far beyond that now. And I don't think we could just say that the midfield in isolation is the issue. Rich and Woody, I'd be interested in your thoughts on the midfield as well in just a second. But sorry, if I can ask you, I know we, you know, we're all sat here saying that we played really, really badly yesterday. 
But from your perspective, did you was there anyone in, in the Swindon kit that you looked at and thought, okay, they're not playing great, but there's clearly a good player there? Well they're like the only one that really springs to mind is your goalkeeper. Yeah. You don't stand out when you take away from that game and go, Yeah. If we would sign anybody from that squad yesterday who would improve our team, who would it be? And he's the only one. Yeah. Whereas yeah, you look at yours like what is going on? And to be fair, going to the child Austin, we talked about him on the way up the game, almost hoping he would play, because if obviously that's where all the pressure would be on him, everybody would be looking towards him to do everything. We just thought, you know, his first game he tried too hard, we'd, we'd probably get away with it. So we weren't too worried about him playing. But yeah, nobody stood out to be able to battle to get into our team, and that's saying something. Okay. Um, go on then, Rich, from your perspective on the on the creativity debate. Do you think that the players we have have it in them? They're just not performing to the level, or or, or am I overestimating their abilities? No, I think I I do think um, in the team. Like if you look at it, I mean, obviously Khan. I personally think he needs to be playing further up the pitch because he is obviously comfortable on the ball. He can take players on. But a liability uh, defensively. I, <laughs> He is in some ways, but he's getting better at playing that role. And uh, I, I think we saw that because um, it, it was Northampton. He played there against Northampton, didn't he? Um, he still left us exposed a few times. He though, did. Even if no, no, no. And it's, I don't think it's his Not, not that that's his fault. He's not used no. to playing that position. Exactly. But no, I, he, he's, he's not a defensive midfielder. I know he's been playing no, well there, but no, no. he does no, no. need to be well, No, no, Craig. I mean, I'm not saying he's been amazing there. He hasn't, but he's done what he's had to do, like sort of thing like that. But uh, And he is getting, he is improving in that position. Do I think he should be playing in that position? No, I don't think he should be. I think he should be playing further up the pitch because I think he would offer us more going up the pitch. But you also look at players like Gladwin. Like Gladwin was actually trying to set some things up um, yesterday. I mean, uh, he's got a very unorthodox way of doing it, but we've obviously seen that. Uh, all his time here at Swindon Town. And, you know, we know he's got that in his locker to set up, but also to try and score some goals from outside the area as well, because that's where his power is. Also looking at Darcy, I mean, Darcy, whenever he plays, he runs his bloody socks off, whether or not he's playing right back, centre mid, centre attacking mid, centre defensive mid, wherever he is put, he will always do a job. Um I think his most effective is also in the attacking side of our midfield because he can run at players again. And um, again, he's another one that can shoot from long range um, to be given the opportunities. And why we're not exposing that, I think their movement is fantastic as well. I mean, Gladwin's has improved this season. Obviously, we're not expecting them, expecting him to do a lot of that. But also at the same time, though, you look at that midfield and we all said it at the start of the season. And obviously Johnny Williams, of course, as well. But we don't need to really go into that because we know what Johnny Williams can offer. Although he was particularly poor yesterday. Yeah, of course he was. And, you know, you can't expect every player to have, you know, uh, uh, to be consistent and have a great game every game like sort of thing. Every player is going to have some kind of dip and especially if you've been off at the World Cup for a month and not even playing you'd expect some sort of rustiness but I think in terms of um, the that midfield we had obviously we didn't know an awful lot about Ronan Darcy at the start of the season but 
I think we all would have taken it. I know a lot of people were given a lot of criticism to Ben Gladwin, but I saw him a few times in pre-season. I thought, wow, he could offer us something completely different this year. He looked amazing. He looked like he'd lost a lot of weight. Uh, he didn't look like the player that he was last season. Um, in fact, he's, he's gotten a lot better. And we are seeing signs of when he did play for us in 2014, 2015. So, you know, I, 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 I don't... A lot of people are saying that we need to improve that. Personally, for me, I think it's just down to who we actually start and who we bring in as players as game changers. Um, and this is where I think we need to... Where Lindsay needs to sort this out because I don't personally think that's the area we need to we need to strengthen wingers and maybe a centre back and definitely a left back as well because I feel as if that's where we're struggling a little bit. Um, but in the middle of the park, he just needs to get it right. I think he's got the, probably the best five or six midfielders in that league. Um, <laughs> Nick, Ned, just before I hand over to Woody, very quickly, if the online rumours are true and any reported interest from Plymouth in Khan, if I was to say to you, you can have Khan or Jeffka for the second half of the season, which one are you choosing? I'll start with Nick. Uh, <laughs> that's a 50 50. Um... Well, yes, there's two options. <laughs> <laughs> That's generally how these things work. Quick, Fifey, I'll give you that one. Yeah, cheers, Fifey. Throw me under the bus. Um, (laughs) As the way he's been playing, I don't think it's all he's thought I'd send Jebcott back. Okay. Ned? Neither. Fuck it. Let's start again. (laughs) No, No, it's 50-50. You can't say that. Um, He could say he doesn't want either, I suppose. That wasn't the question. (laughs) Um, um, you're being called out in there. You've got to pick Nick playing hardball here. I don't blame you. <laughs> um, Come on, Ned. <laughs> if we're playing two up top, then I'll keep Jeff caught. Khan's I'll going. be playing two up top. Khan's going, so I, I'm not even going to entertain saying Khan. But you know, it's not an, it's not a choice, is it? For what it's worth, if if it's one or the other, I would be picking Khan at this point. What to go? No, no, to keep. To keep. Oh, he's going, so don't, don't worry about that. Okay. Uh, Woody, I wanted your thoughts on the midfield before I bring Craig in on the defence. Um, I kind of echo a little bit what Rich said, really. I, I, I do think there's better midfielders in League Two. Um, I think as a whole, on, on paper, um, we probably do have the best midfield as a whole um, if they're played in the right way. I think, you know, the more and more we've spoken about it tonight, the more and more I'm thinking, let's just get Johnny Williams back in that 10 role, yes. um, you know, you know, behind the front two. Um, but because that's when, that's when he's scoring goals. But, you know, it's difficult because we're so... And I think Mark used the phrase in the um, chat earlier. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> Liam. Um, I love that you're all doing an impression of Matt by getting distracted by the comments. You should be used to this by now. I can't even repeat why I was distracted in case we have junior Spotify listeners. Um, um, No, no, all of our Spotify stuff gets marked up for 18 plus just in case. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, so like Mark said earlier, we're we're so even our midfield. In fact, our midfield probably the biggest culprits are so marmite at the moment. We're so kind of like Gladwin is a different player when he's on his game, but when when he's not having a good game, he's back to the Gladwin we had last season. Um, and you know, Reed, we all spoken about Reed already. Khan, I'm still. This is going to seem controversial. I compared to some others, but I'm still on the fence with Khan. I I still don't. I don't. I think if if we do sell him, which sounds like we are, I don't think he's going to be a huge loss. Um, he's 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 got a good style of play when he's got on the ball and he drives forward, but he's not being played in a system that allows him to drive forward. Um, so, um, you know, and then we got who else? We got Darcy. Darcy's just disappeared the last few games. I don't, I don't know what you know that player that I saw. You know, the first he's he's the Darcy I saw at Malkshire. You know, the, the Malksham game where I said the Wakelin was going to be the next Jerry Yates. And I went, who the hell is that guy with long hair in the middle? Because he is trash. Um, that is what Darcy is bringing to me at the moment, the, the Malksham vibes. Um, but the, um, yeah, so, I mean, on paper, they should be great. But as you've said, Fifey, the game's not played on paper. Um, so, you know, they, they, they should be, they should be, they should be good. And it, it brings me back to that point. We, we spoke so many times tonight about wingers putting crosses in. Midfield is equally their responsibility to set up strikers and create opportunities. Yep. And that, and the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking that's what we've not done this season. How many times can we sit there and say we've scored a through ball? The best through ball that I've seen so far really was the one from Shade to Johnny Williams before Shade scored. You know, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's um, you know, and it makes me think even more because that's where Charlie's going to want the ball. He's going to yeah. want the ball to his feet or just just a little bit in front of him. Um, yeah, so are they doing their job? But then we are, you know, I think bring Williams back into that ten role so he can be that creative player that link, links it all up together. And I think the more the more I'm conv- the more I speak about it, the more I'm convinced that we have to have that diamond shape in the middle or play some sort of four two three one type thing. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I mean four two three one or four one three two in my two favourite formations. So I'd much rather see us playing them. But it's. Um, yeah, I just I think the midfield, we've got a good midfield, but are they not playing well because of the way that we're playing, or are they just really marmite players? The reason they're in League Two is because they're not consistent. They're not consistent, you know. They're not going to give us seven out of ten, eight out of ten every week. You know, Reed arguably last year was a seven out of ten every week. This this year, I'd say he's barely a five out of ten every time he plays. You know, so it's um. Yeah, I think I think consistency is the biggest problem. But if they were ultra consistent, if all four of our or five of our main midfielders that are used were consistent, they wouldn't be League Two. Because that, I'll tell you what that is, that's Jack Payne. Because, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, if they were consistent every week, like Jack Payne was, they wouldn't be in League Two. Um, so I think we do have to have a bit of a realistic edge on that. Ned, you wanted to say something quickly? So quickly that he can't unmute yeah. himself? <laughs> um, you know... At the start of the season, when we signed a lot of these players, you know, it was said by, um, you know, for example, like Liam said, oh, you know, um, you know. Um, Liam said Darcy will be player of the season. Exactly. Liam, no you know, and then also um, Rotherham fans said, oh, McDonald is going to be quality for you guys. And it just seemed like, you know, a bar maybe two or three everyone thought oh this player is going to be shit hot for you guys and it's no con- and it's no coincidence that none of them are performing it's no coincidence 
I just wanted to say that. Uh, Liam's saying he stands by it. Uh, let's move further back one one place then, Craig. Um, defensively, we've been we've said consistently, although we've had injuries and absentees uh, throughout, particularly at centre back this season, we actually look okay defensively. Generally speaking, we, we're not you know we don't concede a lot of goals. It's not often we're getting three, four, five put past us. Um, and we'll come on to to Bryn in in that respect uh, very shortly, but um, a point that that me and Sai uh, were talking about earlier, their their strikers did make McDonald and FBT look certainly not at their game and borderline average um, yesterday, didn't they? At least in my opinion. Yeah, it was like they were a totally different partnership to the one against Northampton. I, you know, I said on uh, last week that that was the best I'd seen McDonald play this season against Northampton and him and Blake Tracy formed quite a solid partnership. I don't know what the hell happened with them um, yesterday. Yeah, we have been a bit unlucky with injuries to our defend defenders, but I think for me, again, going to McDonald, you know, a, a player, he, you know, he was our marquee signing this season. Let's remember that because we were saying, yeah, yeah, we got our leadership because all the Dion Conroy haters were loving it that we got McDonald in. Well, I'd take Dion Conroy back any day of the week, to be honest with you. Um, you know, as what he said, he's not, he doesn't show the leadership qualities that you expect as much as what people make him out to to, to, to have. And he's not that ball playing defender. I'm, I'm sorry. And and he hasn't, he just hasn't showed anything. That, that was the one good game that I've seen him play this season against Northampton. Other than that, he's been very average and he's supposed to be our best signing this season. He should be one of the best centre-backs in this league, but he's not. He, he's just not suited to our style of, of, of play. And and that's the thing. And it still goes back to why the hell did we recruit him in the first place? If this possession-based football is so important to us, why the hell did we recruit him? Um, but he, he, I, I don't want to be seen that I'm scapegoating him. Um, you know, I, I also think we've overplayed Hutton's importance to the team, even though... Right, he's been more of an attacking. We've he's been more of our attacking outlet, but he he had you know he had a few uh, you know few assists where he I think against Mansfield he put in a couple of good crosses in other games, but then other teams started to figure that out, and most of his um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> most of his um, crosses as we know go high in the box where there's we haven't high got out any the box. height, yeah, or out of the box where we haven't got any height to deal with it. And, we, you know, we piss about with it, as we've said before, on the edge of the box. And then we're like, all right, we'll give it to Hutton, put a cross in, and then nothing happens. And I, and I think we just became too reliant on him because he had a few good games and put in a few good crosses. And then we had no other... Um, we, we ran out of ideas, which we've done. What Colchester did to us yesterday has happened time and time again. Warsaw did it. Crew did it. Wimbledon did it. All those games we drew, Gillingham, they've done exactly the same thing. And, you know, it's, it's not just, um, you know, I'm, I'm not just a Lindsay Hay. I'm very, very adamant that Dima Kelly has to go as well. But Really? Surely, we hadn't noticed. Yeah. But <laughs> surely, surely Lindsay and his coaching team, and partly Dima Kelly, because that's part of his job as well, looking at the stats and everything, surely they should have thought, of some way to break down the team. I know I'm going away from the defense, the defensive side now, but surely they should find a way that we can break down these teams because 
we know what they're going to do. Colchester, as Sai said, knew exactly what to do to, against us, and especially when we weren't really attacking them. Um, but yeah, I, I think if, you know, there's problems all over the pitch, to be honest. I don't think um, there's a particular area you can bog it down to. Um, you know, defensively, we do have problems. Um, left back is obviously an issue. Iandolo's not a, a, a good left back. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I said this last week. His best position is in, in the centre of midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, but left back, he's not a left back. And, and where's Reese Devine? He's come back from injury, but yet he's nowhere near nowhere near the team. I don't even think he makes the bench. And he was another sign-in. He's meant to be a really good, <laughs> you know... A, a is really, Reese Devine real? Where is Sorry, Reece? Ben? Is Reese Devine real? Where is Reese? Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So... <laughs> so, yeah, I, and, and I think as well, we're going to have problems because um, Burton got smashed yesterday, didn't they, against Morecambe? And they've got one of the, the worst um, defensive records in, in League One. So if if I was the, the Burton manager, I'd be looking at Blake Tracy and saying, we need him. So I don't think we're going to have Blake Tracy by the end of this January transfer window, which is going to give us even more um, problems. Because as we said, Blake Tracy and... and um, have been our most um, consistent players. But just to finish off on the defensive side, we say we've got a good defence, but there's been eight teams in this division that have conceded more goals than us. So we're not as good defensively as we think. And if you think if it wasn't for Bryn, you know, mainly Bryn, though that stat would be a lot higher, which for a team that averages 60, 65% possession, we're giving away so many chances to teams that they're able to score that those goals against us, it's it's not good, and that's a fucking stat that Dima Kelly needs to look at. And also at the other end, there's 13 teams that have scored more goals than us. I know goals for and goals against don't necessarily tally with where you are in the league, but those are piss poor stats, and 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 are part of the reason why we are shit at the moment. Uh... Nick, let's bring you in because um, Craig mentioned Divine. We've seen a couple of comments for Clayton. We've uh, the jury's still out very much on on Harry's as well. Obviously, being injured and stuff, but everyone was like, "No, he should be nowhere near the team." But then his his last couple of appearances before injury, people are like, "Actually, he's, he's not a bad player." So, is it just a case we've been unlucky to not be able to to have all the options available and they're all out at the same time? <laughs> Even even with that though, I, I had a look through our results, and we've only conceded <laughs> more than two goals on two occasions. One was in the FA Cup where we got stuffed, yeah, a four nil, and the other one was first game of the season, three nil. Um, we've had a lot of two ones, one nils, nil nils. So, um, I I. Like Craig talked about comparing with everything. Yeah. I, I don't know how the stats stack up against other sides in the league, but I don't. I don't think defensively we are necessarily that bad compared compared to other teams. Oh, and yes, we've had a lot of. Sorry, Nick. For me, it's a combination. It's, it's, I'm not saying that that was the, the the you know our main problem, but it is a combination of us not being as good as we think defensively, and also, or, as I said, all over the pitch. Sorry, mate. No, that's uh, yeah, that's fine. Um, I I think part part of the problem is at the moment we're playing players that at a position, and yeah, um, I think we've all raved about Blake Tracy playing at centre half 
and he's he's done really well apart from yesterday. Um, but he is a left back, and as we said, um, Livinier is is playing at a position, so that so that doesn't help. The centre halves have chopped and changed, that doesn't help. So you don't get consistency in play. And if we're a team that's going to play out from the back um, through the midfield, and we we need to be consistent. So. Um, Lower league, look, <laughs> shut up, will you? That's Yeah, we we haven't had the consistency in in playing as a as a defensive unit and and moving the ball fast enough to get it through the midfield and up front. It's been as we've said, all this bloody side what sideways football, um, sideways midfield turning back, going back to the defence. And that's okay if you've got decent players. We can then move it quickly and, and push on, but we don't do that. We're just so slow pedestrian. And I think that's our biggest problem. No, absolutely. Um, Ned, can we talk about something a bit more positive? Um, we were, the majority of us were quite critical of Bryn in the first half yesterday, but ultimately, as, as has been kind of suggested, he was the only player that came out of the game with any sort of praise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and um, some some quality saves. Um, I mean, he didn't look um, hugely comfortable with collecting the balls from crosses. I've got to be honest, from what I saw. But um, yes, first half I've seen him play. Second half, unbelievable. Shock, Ben, in interrupting Ned. Shocker. Sorry, Ned. Carry on. I'll shut up. That's yeah, right. Um, Ned is talking. I, you know, and and. As Craig pointed out, you know, I think Bryn is pretty much re solely responsible for saving, you know, if, if we had, you know, another keeper in, I think, you know, we could have, we, we could be looking at about 12th right now, if I'm completely honest. Um, I think he is quality. We've got 0% chance of signing him, which is unfortunate, but, um, you know, he, he's, he's a quality player and we're very, 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 very lucky to have him. I'm, I'm not sure what else I can say on him. <laughs> Rich, are you a little bit concerned he might go back? Or do you think he will stay for the season? And how important is it to get proper cover for him? Um, well, he won't go back. Uh, I don't think he will. Unless Middlesbrough terminate Stefan's loan. I don't think he'll go back. Um Plus, um, Middlesbrough's director right, um, of football said before Christmas that they had no plans to recall him. Sorry, Rich. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, I, I don't think um, I don't think Bren will go back. Do I think we need cover for him? Um, well, I think Conor Bran uh, obviously is still out injured, and I don't know when he's going to be back. Hopefully, I think he might be back soon because I think he got injured at Stockport, didn't he? And that was ages ago, wasn't it? So. Uh, he might be back fairly soon, but obviously he's still very young keeper. So I, I don't know how much of a chance they're going to take on him in case Bryn does get injured. Obviously, God forbid Bryn does, doesn't get injured because at the moment, like everyone said, he's he's been our standout player. So, um, I, I, I don't know whether or not they're still looking. To maybe get cover, but personally, for me, I would be probably looking at. I, I don't even know who I'd bring in. I, I genuinely don't. I maybe like an experienced goalkeeper, 
maybe like in their late 30s that's just tying down their career but I don't really think that's a priority at the moment um I I think we've got there's there's bigger concerns out there and um I think if we are focusing on the goalkeeper sort of thing keepers of that age keepers at 19 20 that haven't played a professional game they're fearless they're not they're not going to if they're thrown into a tough situation they're not going to uh be scared or anything like that so if we did have to throw Connor Brand in in case Bryn uh, did get injured, I don't think you'd have an issue. Like, remember when we had Archie Matthews, for example, and he he had those two great games that he played for us, you know, and why the... Well, obviously, what happened to him? Shame. But, you know, they're fearless at that age, so I, I don't think we need to be worrying about that. I think we need to be focused. And I fully believe that he's going to be with us for the rest of the season. I'll be shocked um, if he goes back. Okay, uh, that's fine. Um, quick straw poll. Obviously, Sai, you, you wouldn't be including this, but uh, who who is concerned that Bryn won't be here till the end of the season? Anyone? No. The only, the, only, the only concern that I've got is whether... Because obviously he wants to be the Middlesbrough number one. Mm-hmm. You know, the only concern I've got is that if um, he goes to a League One club during the... I can't see them doing that. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that. Not not for a goalkeeper. He's, he's settled. He's settled and in form with us. If they yeah. if they send him to a League That's One stupid. club, he could end up. It, it could Ruining end up, his career. Yeah. yeah, he won't do that. I don't think Middlesbrough will risk it. They they know that he's doing well here and he's getting tested and he's playing the brand of football Isn't he just? they want. Yeah, yeah. yeah. to say the least. Yeah. Okay, um, Ben. Let's come back to you then. After the match, Lindsay and Gladwin did the post-match press conferences um, in an attempt to up the mood, at least temporarily. Although scathing, Gladwin's was quite good, wasn't it? Oh, it was excellent. Absolutely brutally honest. I actually posted on the WhatsApp group, you know, this man should be... It sounds better than, like, uh, Lindsay does the way I he believe talks. what you actually said. He was just open and honest and direct and straight. And he said, frank conversations need to be made. It was rubbish. It was no good. This is why we didn't play very well. Um, you know, and we're going to sit together in the video room and we're just going to have to have it out with each other because this isn't this isn't nearly... It was rubbish. And he kept saying the words just unacceptable and not good enough. Um I thought it was really quite refreshing. I was like, go on, Gladys. And it's not the first time he's done it. I keep saying he's a Swindon manager and waiting. Um, yeah, he's. I, 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 I quite like Gladwin. I could quite like him as a player, but I think he should be skipper. Um, but yeah, I think I think his, his interview was the best thing about the whole day concerning Swindon. <laughs> <laughs> That's somewhat concerning. I mean, I, I was very, very critical of Lindsay's post-match comments. Um, I did tweet in to BBC Wilts, which I don't normally do. Um, and I just tried to come up with every word I could think of that they would be allowed to say. Um, I basically wanted him to shut the fuck up. He was talking absolute bollocks. Um, I'm, I'm bored of the same rhetoric about I'm I'm working with a young squad, blah, blah, blah. I need to keep working with them. Um, which I know I've already kind of asked you about Woody, but it's it's when he it's comments like when he's asked, will you be knocking on the chief exec store and asking to be back to experienced players? And he says, 
no, I don't think so. And then in the next answer, he says, the squad I've got, I'm confident we may about make the playoffs. When you've made a signing like Charlie Austin, I don't think you're aiming to just about make the playoffs. Um, there were also pictures shared afterwards, Woody, of him looking obviously quite down. Looking at body language and actual language used, do you think he is really starting to feel the pressure? Do you, do you think he might feel he's on the way out? Um, yeah, possibly. I think the problem is, the problem he's got is this win-lose, win-lose. Um, and that's what the fans aren't liking. And I think he struggles with the fact that he obviously really wants to be here. He really, you know, he is, He, you, you could say he's a Swindon fan, you know, like he really wants to be here. And I think it probably is gut-wrenching when you come off the, uh, Rich will know as a coach, when you have a big, when you have a big win, and Mark, when you have a big win one week and then your team play absolutely shite the following week, it is absolutely gut-wrenching. And you, and I think the problem is, is yes, I get, I I hate Lindsay's interviews. I can't remember the last one because every time we lose, it's the same excuse. And I'm sorry, but we're into the second half of the season now. You can't still be saying, I'm working with this squad of players. I'm sorry. You can't You can't still be saying that right, when you're in the second half of the season and he's had, had them for the whole season. Um, so, but the, yeah, so he comes out and says, but that could be just inexperience in front of the media. So, you know, I kind of give, give him a little bit of slack on that. Um, but when and I've forgotten what you asked now. What did you ask originally, Fifey? Do you so think angry. He, do, do you <laughs> think he came across in his body language and right. the actual language used like he knows he's under pressure? I I think every time we lose, he looks like that, and that's his problem. And I think he genuinely is. He is a massive. He is a coach that is not. He wouldn't be very good at motivating the team because. The moment things aren't going his way, he is low in body language. He is like he's been like that. You look back at all the games we've lost, or only seven of them, or whatever it is, mind. Um, and you look at the, um, you look at his body language after that. It's always the same. So, but I think that's just in general. He's somebody who wants to do well, um, but he's just not, and he's not performing to the standards. And I think maybe now he's starting to realise. Although I don't massively agree with the theory, he's starting to look at that kind of are we fifth, are we overachieving type thing because we've played more games than everybody else. But the way I look at it, we still had to win 10 of those games. So, um, but it's, he, he, I think he, I think he knows. And I, I don't, I very, I'd be very surprised if, um, I don't necessarily think he's been undermined by Clem. I don't think the rumors, the rumors that are going around have gone that far, but I do reckon there was a disagreement somewhere. I generally do reckon there was a disagreement somewhere, which probably led to that answering that question no, I'm not knocking on any more doors because I've got Charlie Austin coming in. And it, you would kind of say that kind of thing if you didn't agree with the decision in the first place type thing. But, um, you know, we all know that Clem's, thinks, Clem's not seen Austin for a footballing thing. He's seen it as a business opportunity. He knows he's going to sell loads of shirts. He might do us a little bit better and he will put bums on seats. So that's Clem's thinking. But how many times does a CEO in any company make a decision that maybe free management lines down don't agree with? It, it happens quite a lot. Um, but yeah, so I do. I I think he knows his name, but he's he's almost too proud to resign. One thing's for sure, he is not resigning. I can almost guarantee that he will never resign. And and I agree. I think it was Richard said it earlier. Um, 
Do, is him going the right thing? Probably yes, if we get a good replacement in. Will he go? I don't think he will. I genuinely don't think he'll go. I don't think we'll sack him over. Um, um, sorry, on that note, can I just quickly ask you, with, with all respect intended, you're, you're where you are in the table. Do, do you get the same sort of rhetoric after defeats? It's the same excuses every time? Or, or is there a bit more detail, a bit more of an impassioned response? When Obviously, you wouldn't have heard Lindsay's interview, but... Just generally, for, from your perspective, what, what's the sort of post-match comments, particularly after defeats? Seahs are always quite positive. Okay. I swear to whatever Matt Broomfield puts his cornflakes in the morning, it's got to be some legal substance. But <laughs> it's always, you know, you, you can always find a positive in everything with regards to, okay, we didn't play very well, but, you know, we can show the improvement in this area. We've done this, we're working on this. I think, to be fair to the fans, you can actually see there is an improvement in play. Some of the games have lost even by the odd goal where, it hasn't gone our way or we've switched off. Bar Wimbledon at home, most of the games we've lost under him so far have been either a bad referee decision, which I know everyone blames before, get jumps on, or you know errors that have been slight that could be worked upon. So, yes, we always have quite good... I think Bloomfield always comes out quite positive after every game. He seems an all-round positive person, but with one or lost, his kind of demeanour, his attitude is very much the same. I'll do the it's best so I can on it sounds like yeah. so that he, he he actually comes up with solutions to problems, whereas Lindsay says things we need more guile, more know-how, more swagger. You know what the fuck does that mean? Nothing. So to be fair, well, see, not fair to Lindsay, but I, I've heard some of his comments from what he said after the game, and he reminded me of a bit of a Sunday league manager who's watched match today the, the night before, is doing his team talk that morning, and now has to use all these buzzwords that he's heard has not got a clue what they mean or what they mean in the footballing sense, but it sounds like he should be saying them. That's where it gets you, from. You've not heard Wazza do a Sunday league match uh, <laughs> team talk. <laughs> <laughs> those, were, those were a treat. <laughs> um, ben, you wanted to, to say something on Lindsay? Yeah, no, it, just going a little Let while. Let me guess, Lindsay Cowell. No, 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 not that at all. Um, it was just something you picked up upon when you said uh, mentioned about the age. Um, it, I did get this from another podcast, but he, he, he uses uh, this team as a young team as an excuse a lot uh, during a defeat. And it was mentioned in another podcast that this is absolute bollocks because the team up top of the league and probably about eight wins away from promotion have exactly the same team with the average age of our team in Lane Orient. So... They're doing all right <laughs> with the same with a with a young team, and we've got enough experience to be doing a lot better than we are. Um, so it's just an excuse, which obviously we're going back a few pages, which is why I wanted to say it at the time. But yeah, I just wanted to make that point that it's absolute bollocks when Lindsay brings up the age of the squad because that's no excuse. Maybe maybe his missus maybe his missus ran off with a young footballer once who's like really got a thing against them, so he's just like playing for them. <laughs> No, he loves young footballers. He loves. He gets them. That's a touchy subject. Yeah, I, would, today. I, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't comment on his messages. Um, yeah, she. She wow. passed away, didn't she? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe a bit sensitive there. Yeah. Well, so I wasn't to know that. Was I was going to say, so I didn't know that. I'm expecting a written apology. <laughs> Um, okay, let me go around the group and uh, 
And so si, I'll phrase it slightly differently for you, because uh, I am interested as you've taken the time and you've stuck with us for the whole two hours as well. Um, starting with you guys, um, we obviously don't have a game because we sacrificed the cup competitions for no reason uh, right. other than being absolutely fucking stupid. Um, and I'm still really angry about our lack of interest in doing anything in the Cups. Yep. Um, so our next game is Grimsby at home in the league on the 14th, which all the podcasts associated with Sun in Town are really trying to promote to the fans. Let's come to this one. It should be Charlie's debut. Let's really pack it out and see what happens. By the time we play Grimsby, my question to you all is, will Lindsay still be in charge? And will we have made any additions? I did see Jasper commented and he also tweeted us about Tomlinson, etc. being a great addition on top of things we've said. So, uh, Craig, I'll start with you. Um, will we have any additions and will Lindsay still be in charge at Grimsby? We'll certainly have some additions or I hope, hope so. But I think, as, as I think Rich and, and uh, Woody was saying, unless he resigns, I think that the... the the, the management are just going to stick with with Lindsay. I I can't see, I you know I I wouldn't be too fast if he went or not. To be honest, if if they did sack him, then that's you know I'm I'm not going to be too um, disappointed in that. But I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened today, or or may, maybe tomorrow. Because by the time it gets to Grimsby, it's like two weeks gone. So uh, two weeks into the transfer window. Sorry. So I, I think Lindsay will still be in place. Maybe we'll have one or two new sign-ins, but who knows? Okay, Mark? It's a tricky one, isn't it? Are we going to sign any new players? Yeah, I think we will do, but I don't think we're going to see much in the early part of the window. I think it'll be last minute and more than likely transfer deadline day because, you know, keeping the costs down. Um, I just want to rewind just quickly on Scott Lindsay. Will he be sat? I don't think he will do. And I, I, I echo... Woody's point. I don't think he'll resign either. I think you know he, he'll he'll dig his heels in and see where the season gets him. Um, but th there's there's two salient points. The, the first is we go back to how the, the style of play that we were promised at the very start of the season, and uh, I, I, I have to keep harking back to that because it's never been evident, aside from maybe Mansfield, which is a standout game. It, it, this fast flowing uh, attacking football hasn't materialised. Secondly, Scott Lindsay doesn't do himself any favours. One minute he's out fist bumping, you know, the fans and geeing them up and everything's fine. The next minute he's completely fucking ignoring the fan base. Uh, won't say anything to anybody. He's just like, well, which which side of this coin, which which part of this journey do you want us to be on, Scott? Because it's very easy as fans. You're either with the manager or you're against them. And once the fans are against you, you're on borrowed time. So... I hasten to add that January is such a key month for the club, not only in terms of the ins and outs, but in terms of, you know, and Charlie Austin's imminent um, second debut. But do they really want us to, to galvanise the support to have a successful season? If they do, they've got to have a hard, you know, look at themselves and, and, and work out how about keeping the fan base on side. Because if they get that wrong, it's all going to go horribly wrong very, very quickly, regardless of what we do. Okay. But, yeah. uh, Nick? I think he might be gone. Okay. I think <clears throat> Clem's got to make some hard decisions. Yep. And if it's not done in the next couple of days, and and then yes, he, he will. 
he will stay, but I think he might be gone in the next couple of days. And then once that happens, <clears throat> then you need to obviously have somebody to bring in before you start signing players. Or you should have somebody in before you start signing players, but we don't seem to work like that. But I, th- I actually think he'll be gone. Sorry, Fifey. One one thing I forgot to mention when regards to Lindsay, it also depends on how long his contract is, which nobody seems to know how long he is he has signed for the club for. I've looked back at the um, the club website from when he signed. I've looked at the advert, uh, you know, the advert website and everything. There's no mention of how long he's on. If he's on a Luke Williams five year fucking deal, then no chance is he going to get sacked. If he's on like a year deal with an extension, then then maybe. But it's a bit odd, don't you think, that for a manager, we don't know how long he's contracted to the club. Maybe I could be proved wrong with that. Maybe I've missed that totally, but I haven't seen how long he's contracted to the club. And I think that would be key whether he gets sacked, because obviously, I guess, depending on what clauses they've put in, it would cost them a lot of money to sack him. I'm not suggesting they know where to look, but the minute you said that, both Woody and Rich picked up their mobiles. <laughs> <laughs> um, Woody, on the question of will he still be here for Grimsby and will there be any further additions? Um, I think he will still be here for Grimsby. Um, I, you know, I echo Craig's comments. I do worry that he is on probably a three-year contract minimum. Um, he might not be, though. He might be on a, a performance-based contract. Who knows? Um, but what I would like to be happening is this week there's a serious sit-down between Clem, Rob, Sandra D. McKayley, fucking tea lady, whatever, um, and, and they sit there and go, right, something's not good. We need to work out what's going wrong. You've now got two weeks. We're going to help you with the transfers. Um, you know, you need to improve it. January is a big month. Um I think because we've got a director of football, it isn't going to be a case of bringing in a new manager who's going to pick um, pick our transfers. Um, I think whoever... Dean McKayley's not going to go anywhere. Let's put it that way. Um, whoever Dean McKayley buys, whatever manager is going to have to deal with them. Um, what's that noise? Don't know. He's in the hospital. He's put it around the cuckoo clock in the room I'm in, to be fair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, that crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but, yeah, I think that will be the... Um, so, I think... I genuinely believe there will be some sort of in-depth conversations this week happening between the leadership team. Um, and I, I do think he'll have at least... if it, I, don't, I don't think he's going at all this season, but... If he is going to go, it'll be, it won't be until the end of January, in my opinion. Um, uh, but, there, uh, you know, what should be happening is serious conversations saying you're going to be, this is what we're going to give you. You need to, you need to work out what's going wrong because we win, loss, win, loss. It's the most mid-table we want to be. We don't want to be mid-table. Um, but equally, Craig mentioned it earlier. The club needs to come out and tell us what, what our ambitions are this year. The manager, regardless of how negative he was, he has said he thinks he's got a playoff build inside. Um, so, <laughs> um, I, I think Clem's playing for Austin out of his bloody back pocket or some rigged company <laughs> through his through his company expenses. Um, but the um, yeah, so I, I think either way, there, there needs to be something that's said between them if Lindsay's to keep his job. Um, he thinks he's got a good enough squad. He will need to add to it. So I think the, the leadership board will almost launch their own ultimatum against him for the rest of January. Okay. Ned? 
Um, I think there will be some players coming in. I think um, I've heard murmurings of quite a busy month, so I imagine it would be spread across the month. I can't imagine it will be at the end. Um, and I think Lindsay will be here to the end of the season regardless. So okay. that's my feelings. Rich? Yes and yes. <laughs> Just that simple. Ben? Um, yeah, I think... Um, firstly, I think there must be a clause in Lindsay's contract because he has no experience. And just in case he is that dreadful, there must be a sort of get out for the club. Um, so I do think there'll probably be, if we do need to get rid of him, we will do. Um, I think he'll still be here if he's not sat for the next couple of days. But Grimsby's massive for him. If we lose on Charlie Austin's big day and that goes all toxic and everyone starts booing, then there'll be a lot of pressure on him to be sacked. Um so I think Grimsby's huge for him. I think he possibly will be here until that day. Signings-wise, I think we'll know what's happening with the loans. I think Jeff Cott will be cleared up whichever way by then. I think Fraser Blake Tracy will be cleared up whichever way by then. New players in, I'm not too sure about. Hopefully, we'll see another left-back. Uh, we need one. Um, but I think that's probably the only position we might get in before then. I think everything else will be quite late in the day. Um, unless we are doing some sort of need immediate replacement, say like for Reedy or Khan. Um, yeah, so uh, I think Lindsay will still be here, but I think D-Day is Grimsby. If he wins and Swindon win and Austin scores, then I think he's just secured himself an extra few, an extra month or two. I think, if he, I think he will win, Ben. I, I think he will win. Every time, every time we have this type of game, like Northampton was one of those yeah. games. He, he manages to. He oh, manages out, to yeah, it's him. the same with um, um, Sutton as well. Um, we were yeah, ready to knives her out against Sutton and he pulled it off and we won. No, absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> Woody, I hope you what you said isn't right that Clem's paying him through his company because we'll end up in um, Southern League South or what's it called? National League South, otherwise. I say um, in jest, I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Sai, from your perspective, you do have a game at the weekend. Um, so the question is, how do you see that going? And are you expecting a busy January window? Uh, <clears throat> I'm not too sure which, how the window's going to go. We, there's a few players we need to bring in. We've got quite a big squad. We've thinned out our own players already. It's the gaps there. I think we'll bring in uh, maybe two or three. Strengthen, if we are going to keep playing wing-back, strengthen there. Maybe in attacking midfield with maybe another striker. And Saturday, Harrogate away. It's one of these games where if we play like we did against you guys, we'll get something. If we play against the other, play like the other culture team we've played in the season, we've got no chance. So we're so Jekyll and Hyde. So, yeah, it depends what team gets off the bus, really. Okay. Um, I'd like to thank you, as always, for taking time out of your your evening to, to spend a good two hours with us and, and listen to us. Uh, I, it's a point that's made on other podcasts. I'm interested from your perspective as someone who is unfortunately for you supporting a club further down the league table. Are you surprised to hear fans of a club sitting in sick talking so, so negatively about everything? No, because I think especially when it's listening to you guys, because you know, between the weeds and you're not just looking at, Oh yeah, we are sick. Everything's rosy. It's not just what's going on right now. It's what's going to go on two weeks' time, three weeks' time, a month, two months, three months' time. And that's what I think a lot of people don't tend to see from the outside. So, and to be fair, if he's my manager, the way he looks on touchline, the way he talks at times, I'd rather 
be mid-table with an up-and-coming manager than sitting rows in the playoffs with well, Hayden Mullins' brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, we, we really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Um, this has been a fairly warts and all, but very negative tone uh, episode of Fools Rush In. Um, I do have one thing before we finish, but but a, a final thought, if I can, to just try and give a not necessarily a positive spin on it, but just something to think about. So sorry, Fifey, before you do the positive thing, can I just say one more negative? <laughs> <laughs> I did ask her earlier, but when it comes to Dean McKelly, right? <laughs> he has um, gotten away with a lot, to be fair. And Scott Lindsay has taken the majority of the flack, which I don't think is fair. I think he should take a, a, a fair proportion of it, Lindsay. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to give him a, a free pass. but He's not the, getting the best out of what he's got. No. But Dean McKelly is, you know, he's basically hidden behind and um, Lindsay's been like cannon fodder, really. And... Dean McKelly needs to wake up and smell the fucking spreadsheet at the end of the day. Um, he, look, it's, the recruitment hasn't been good enough. He recruited Lindsay as well. That has not been good enough. And I want him gone. I want him fucking gone. I know, like what he said, he probably won't be go, go in, but I don't think he's good enough. Unless he pulls something out of the hat, this transfer window, I can see our season being a complete dud, which after last season will be extremely disappointing. But yeah, it, well, it's unacceptable. It, yeah, it is unacceptable. But getting rid of Lindsay, if it does happen, um, that's not going to solve the problem. Getting in any other manager isn't going to solve the problem unless they solve the problem that is the director of football, technical director, whatever you want to fucking call it, because he has he just been looking. a huge disappointment this season. Sorry, that was my bit over. <laughs> I just I just wanted to say that. No, yeah, no, Sam no. Cookie. That's absolutely fine. Um, my my one thought for people to consider, and it, it you might say it's bollocks, but factually it is accurate. Regardless of how many games we've played compared to everyone else, at time of recording, we are in a playoff position, and that's without anything that resembles form or consistency. So just imagine what we can achieve if we were to find form and consistency. So it's just something to consider. Um, before we do go, um, as always, we, we are happy to, to um, highlight the good being done by fellow Swindon fans. Um, and in amongst all the news of Austin and, and then the shambles yesterday, for want of a better phrase, um, I do fear that this may have uh, escaped the attention of um, a, a large section of supporters and it's just work being done by um, Debs, who, who we've highlighted stuff for before, and also by um, by Dean. And they're on about, so in case that's not, I, I don't know how big that's coming up on people's various devices. So it, it's just a, a message went out to say, hi, everyone. We're sure all STFC fans have seen what Blackpool are doing in the community with regard a warm room for their local community to use. It's amazing, isn't it? Deb has been having chats with Clem, Rob and Caroline at the club about us setting one up. Times are tough for so many people and a warm space where they can get a hot drink, some soup and somewhere safe for a few hours is very needed in our town. The awesome football in the community team already do a similar job on a Wednesday. And so they're looking for volunteers for Monday, Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Um, obviously not match days. 
If anyone has any free time, uh, please drop either Debs or Dean a DM. Um, they're thinking of just opening late afternoons for two to three hours. The ability to open one is down to getting enough volunteers to run it. So if anyone is able to volunteer, please get in touch with Debs or Dean, um, because it would be amazing if we could follow the example of Blackpool and sort one in the local community here as well. Um, that's our final thing for today. Ben's already gone. Um, he's he did, he doesn't like the charitable bit. He only wants to have his opinion and then he sods off. Um, Sai, thank you again for taking time out of your evening. Uh, from Craig, from the returning Mark, delighted to have you back, pal. From Ned, from Matt, uh, from Woody, and from Nick. Ben's back as well. Thank you very much for the last couple of hours. There's been some amazing comments in the live chat as well as tweets on Twitter. We appreciate each and every one of them. Thank you very much. From Fools Rush In, good night. Take my hands. Take my whole life too. But I can't fall in love.